Hello everybody and welcome to episode 617 of Conversation Street where we're going to be talking about what went on in Weatherfield between the 26th of February and the 1st of March. And that includes the 29th of February of course. This is, uh, this is only the, the sixth time that an episode of Coronation Street has been broadcast on 29th of February. As you know, if you're one I of our Patreons, I know we did do a Patreon episode this week where we ranked all five previous conversations, coronation streets that happened on the 29th of February. How, I mean, for the no, patrons, how does to... how does this year's 29th of February compare? You tell me, patrons. <laughs> I don't, mm, I'm not, this was this wasn't a stellar week. Um, I think it got worse um, gradually as the week went on. When you say it wasn't a stellar week, do you mean it was good? Uh, it, Did you get it? Mm. That's, an, that's, a, that's an insider joke there. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was... For people not, who aren't fans of Stella Price. Not so great Coronation Street this week, but we'll do our best chatting about it. and um, It'll be a great episode, right? Those stuff happened. So this is episodes 11,198 to 11,203. And by the way, I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. She's Gemma. Do you, do you remember? We haven't said our names yet. So um, thank you everybody who um, watched and enjoyed and enjoyed indeed maybe even shared the interview this week that I did with Matt Milburn, the legendary Tommy Orpington. Whoa, tell you what, this is, um, things have changed in the Tommy Orpington stakes over the week, haven't they? <laughs> All started off and him and Tracy were having this secret affair and by the end of it, he's bogging off to Spain. But I, I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know whether he's gone. Matt certainly didn't make it clear in the interview that I did them on Monday evening whether um he his departure was imminent and whether he is actually going to be going to Spain. But it was nice chatting with them all the same. So thank you to everybody who enjoyed it. Prediction with no idea about where the story is going. No mm -hmm. insider knowledge. Haven't read any spoilers. He'll be back when Tracy gives birth to his child. Well, oh yeah, we have wondered about Sorry, that Mar before. March. March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Yeah, nice October birth. You reckon? Uh, mm. Maybe. Well, I don't know. We will have to see with that one. Um, this, The story's had its ups and downs this week, the Stephen Tracy. I, I think they didn't quite give it the... They didn't stick the land in. They didn't quite stick the land in. They didn't quite give it the seriousness. Uh, you, you said in the, in the short that we just did that if Stephen Tracy don't seem that bothered about it, then why should we? And I'm, yeah. I'm kind of feeling the same thing. Honestly, I'm really i'm actually quite look why are we talking about this now you're right you're right this isn't the part of the podcast to talk about this is the part of the podcast where we say hello how are you how's your week been hasn't it been rainy when's this bloody rain gonna stop i'm fed up with it we're in march now come on this is springtime <laughs> michael you've got april showers to look forward to i'm afraid to tell you I, I, I can't be doing much more of this weather honestly i've i've had an all right this week this week it's my class assembly today we did a lovely harry potter themed assembly for the parents and the children it went down quite well. Still haven't quite managed to convince them to do a Coronation Street themed assembly. Maybe maybe next year, eh? You been alright? Yes. You been alright, Abby? I watched Deadlock. Right. It's oh, yeah, great. You... What's that again? It's on Amazon Prime. It's an Australian detective show. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I loved we... it. And I also watched loads of things. We've been... Have we talked about that we've been watching Ghosts on the podcast yet? This is, you know, this is a show <laughs> that's been going on for, what, six, seven years or so. We've only just discovered it. It's uh, brilliant. Hang on, take that back, please. What? We haven't only just discovered it. I knew it existed. I didn't even know it existed. Well, I never I knew ghosts existed. <laughs> now well, I know that they're great. Long they were real. It's brilliant. There's a, there's an English version, and American version. We watched the first episode, the American, didn't we? Just right. to oh. say. But, um, oh dear, you don't have enough history to have ghosts. It's got the best characters. <laughs> it's six six um, episodes, six episodes of series, six series. We're just Five. about to watch. 
Oh, is it five, is it? Oh, yeah, yes. that's right. Just about to watch the finale, maybe this weekend, and I've really, really enjoyed it. If you haven't checked out Ghosts, that is my recommendation of the week. It's ace. But, Gemma, time quiz. for the quiz. I've decided to do a tribute to Fred Elliott. Have you? Have you got a Fred Elliott because quiz the today? passing of John Savadent, I thought, because Michael stole my idea mm. to do a <laughs> What Happened on the 29th of February quiz. Yes. So I thought, you know what? Well... This is good. Fred. Fred Elliott quiz. I'm happy. I said last week on the podcast we were going to try and get an updated character profile slash tribute out to him this week. Haven't quite managed it. It's, would you believe that Fred Elliott did quite a lot? And, and with all the Matt Milburn stuff, I just wasn't able to get everything done in time. But um, hopefully next week we'll be able to um, give, give, do our best and properly pay tribute to the ledge that is Fred. So, um, yeah, I, I should be able to get all of these questions exactly right? because I've been reading all about him so um, you've been doing the research lay so it on me here's the test are they hard questions question number one okay, I sourced okay. this information from coronationstreet.fandom.com question number one how many episodes of Coronation Street was Fred in <laughs> I don't know um ah uh, 1000 I wrote this down the other day it's literally in front of you on the screen, if you just were to scroll down very slightly. It is actually, isn't it? 1,650. Ooh, you, 1,065. 1,065. I, I knew it had a one and a six in it. Oh, well. I was going to say just over 1,000. Write down zero. Oh, sorry. I, no points to that question. Okay. <laughs> question number two. There are eight. Who did Ashley think was possessed by Fred's ghost? Oh, um... Uh, Graham Proctor. Yes. <laughs> Number three. And, and do you know what the story is there? I think that he just, Craig finds out about it. And Craig Gazy, yeah. the actor. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Graham <laughs> finds out about it and he makes, he does the he, repeated he, he voice, doesn't to do he? Yeah. Tri- he pulls a trick on Ashley, yeah. pretend to be his dead father because he's not very sensitive. We'll find it funny. Number three. Who it? Who is it claimed that the character... Of Fred Elliott is based on. I think he's he said a few things. He said um, mm. like his neighbour or somebody who lived nearby him when he was growing up that used to say "Get off my lawn!" I say "Get off my oh, lawn." Interesting. But I've also heard say that um, uh, it was workers at the, the the mills who used to have to shout shout out and repeat to each oh. other to to. Is it is it either oh, of those that you've got? I, your... I just googled this. Yeah, what have you got? I've got Al Reed. Al Reed. Okay, so he was a comedian who had a catchphrase, and it was, you'll be lucky, I say, you'll be lucky. Well, and I'm going to give myself half a point, because I think I'm half right as well. He had a weekly BBC show called The Al Reed Show, and it had up to 35 million listeners, and it ran from 1954 to 1966, so I think it's fairly plausible that it could have been part of the inspiration. 35 million listeners? Same I think we need got. to step up our game, don't That's we? That's about what we get on average. <laughs> uh, number four, what position did Fred hold at the Square Dealers? He was at the top. Master Dealer. Is that what it was called? Master Square. Top Square Man. Master... Yeah, it was one of those. Square. Chief Grand Square. <laughs> Grand Master. Half point again. Like, no. I knew that he was at the top. No, you don't get to sound news at the top. <laughs> That's like, set. that's like, no. It's all right, I'm giving myself two out of four so far. Okay, can you name his three wives? Um, um, well, obviously, Evelyn Elliot. And obviously, oh my gosh, my brain's just gone blank. 
What was this? Uh, who else did he? Oh, Maureen, <laughs> of course. Beryl. Was it Beryl? No, that was... Yes? No, that was his sister. Um, Sybil is right in front of me on the screen. <laughs> that is in front of me on the screen. Sybil Elliot, yes. No, you... <laughs> yeah, because our notes do contain the bonus episode for, for next week. For next week, we do need it. to make sure that I don't put in. Do you think they got married in a civil ceremony? <laughs> Didn't exist Aye. at the time. <sighs> right, number six. <laughs> Can you name another woman that he proposed to but didn't marry? Um, uh, Doreen Heavey. Yes. Oh, don't ask me to listen. There you more. go, there's another one. Yeah, you just got Mark. Thanks. Catherine Gutteridge, Rita Sutherland, Audrey Roberts. He was a bit of a serial proposer, it is true. Um, his final line... Oh, yeah. Was? I was. Be happy. I said be happy. Oh, well done. I was going to ask you who it was to, because I thought that was easier. Audrey. Classic yeah. final well line. Done. Is that it? No. No, one more. Fred was introduced in the show as delegate to France to enter a blood sausage competition. He was. Which eventually leads to Weatherfield being untwinned with which French city? Like Charleville, of course. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Hey, of course, go. named after our king. king well, I got, got most of those right, kind of. Four, five, couple of hours. Yeah, good score, Michael. How did you do, listeners? Well, if you didn't do so well, then maybe you need to listen to our bonus podcast next week and you'll learn all about Fred in painstaking detail. <laughs> Look out for that. Um, who has got a birthday coming up, Jim? 3rd of March. Yes. Alison King. Nice. Patty Clare. Nice as well, sorry. Carla Connor, Mary Taylor, and Matthew Marsden, who played Chris Collins. 4th of March, Charlie Renshaw, Liam Donner. Oh. Liam Donner. Liam Donner. Liam Connor Jr., the 4th, so well done. The current. He's going to have a happy birthday there, mm-hmm. uh, unless Mason's invited. It's all right, they're um, mates in real life. 5th of March, Hel- Elaine Palmer, played out of cloth. Do you think that's how she said her name back in the day? No. Helen Palmer. 7th of March, George A. Cooper, who played Willie Piggott. 8th of March, Margot Bryant, who played Millie Caldwell nice. and a new entry. Oh, yeah, who? Kate Fitton, who plays Lauren oh, Bolton. Oh, Lauren Bolton. Where is she? Where is she? i got a good storyline title for that, Gemma, you, you wait and see. i got a couple of new storyline titles this week. Can't claim they're all good, but... Well... You're ready for me to lay them on you. any of this was good. <laughs> that is one thing we, we will not say. say. Great. Let's get on with it. Let's do street talk. Okay, so street talk time. Time to chat about what went on in Weatherfield this week and already giving it away a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. I wasn't as impressed with this week's episodes as I was last week, but you know, there was there'll still be some good bits to talk about. Are you ready for some storyline titles, Gemma? So I starting off with the Daisy Ryan. Bethany Daniel drama that dominated this week. So, you know, we had the magazine, there's arguments, almost a bit of a breakup. What would you call that storyline? Mess. I'm calling it the chit chat split spat. <laughs> I don't think anybody did split up this week, but I'm calling it anyway because it sounded good. Um, next up, we have got. Oh, I put they think it's all over for the Stephen Tracy story. That's football a football reference. reference, isn't it? It's one of the few football references I know. Um, Harvey, yeah, I couldn't think of one at, at all for the Harvey storyline. You're kind of given a bit of a sad look for what I've chosen for that. Just go with Harvey Gaskell, ooh, what a rascal. Which <laughs> doesn't describe doesn't the storyline at all. Accent. Harvey Gaskell, oh, what, what a, a rascal. rascal. <laughs> no, I, I mean, 
No, it doesn't work at all, but I'm going to call it that anyway. Um, we've got a brief romance um, coming up next uh, with Dee Dee and Joel, an all-too-brief romance. Liam Me Alone is next, and here's my Lauren storyline title. She's bogged off, hasn't she? Of course, the storyline title is The Bolton Wanderer. Hey, also a that football reference. That actually gets a round of applause. That's, a, that's not a bad one, is it? That's not bad. And then um, we have got we've got the return of Fizz coming up soon in Coronation Street. I thought that she might be back today, but I was sadly mistaken. I'm calling this storyline the late return Fizz. Oh, God. Fizz. <laughs> I'm sure I've used Fizz pronunciation to try and sneak a storyline title in the past. I just read this it. I'm like, like, late return Fizz. What does no, that mean? Yes, late return Fizz. Like you get at a library. Like you blockbuster know. children. <laughs> blockbuster, exactly. We're down with the kids. Right, so um, I, I will take the, the chit-chat split spat if you want. Um, and I'm, I recuse myself from discussing anything to do with magazines, freelancing, writing. I cannot believe I was watching you this. You can't help it. You can't help it. absolute nonsense. What a load of crap. It's I've not very often anything. that... Like the oh the editors the editors sacked me because you phoned up to complain no the editors sacked you because you tried to pull a story after you'd already been paid for it I would have sacked her ages ago I wouldn't even hired her in the first place <laughs> also why was the whole thing rewritten if I'm paying you you rewrite it I tell you I tell you what to do and then you do it I'm not rewriting crap for you I'll I'll check I'll check stuff. But if it's like a load of rewrites needs doing, you do it. I'm not paying you otherwise. I know. What the hell are you paying her for? Hundred and fifty quid. She supposedly gets paid for an article plus plus the finder's fee. When's she going to give Daisy that thirty quid, or is she going to give it to Daniel? Who who else are you going to give it to? I don't know. All right, I've got to stop now. We even when we had the bit where um, who was it that got it through? Was it Mary and held up the article to the screen? The article. Need to pause it so I can critique the writing. Oh, the article and like the spacing was wrong. <laughs> there were there it just the grammar was poor. We've all had it, haven't we, listeners? Whenever we, our, our job gets featured on Coronation Street, we all have to go. Oh, it's not quite like. Oh, hang that. on, let but me read Gemma, it out. Gemma was fuming. Go on, so Ooh, source is... me up, darling, with this raunchy article about acid <laughs> attack heroes. I had a torrid affair with acid attack hero, conniving minx. You got to say it in a in a in a in a sensational way. Can I do it in a northern accent? Yeah, 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 go for it's it. It's really respectful. Yeah. Can I have a minx, Poppy Braithwaite? Found herself in a sizzling love triangle with a man who saved her from a fate worse than death. Worse than death. Fire. Meet Poppy Braithwaite, a woman whose gorgeous good looks brought her loads of male attention, so much so that she became a victim of her own psycho stalker, <laughs> Jasper. His sick mind was tortured by the fact she was getting married to Brandon. So he lay in wait, and on the day of her lavish wedding, launched a hideous, cowardly attack on her. But her friend and former lover, John, was her superhero. He stepped in and took the full force of the attack himself, ending up being scarred for life. Poppy was eternally grateful to him, and this gratitude blossomed into true love. Unbeknownst to Brandon, <laughs> she and John fell into a passionate, all-consuming love affair. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, I wish I could have read. Do you think that, have they got somebody working at Chip the Hat Ten, do you think, who's just the designated sexer-upper? Dumber downer. You reckon? Or, but, or maybe do they just take the articles that I'm get sent in say, and feed them into chat GPT? I bet you could do that, that couldn't you? Make this raunchier and more scandalous. Bethany's not quite the hot ticket she, she claims to be in the writing stakes. I never believe she, she was. This. 
she actually wrote it, wrote it this way and she's like, oh no, they've just dumbed it down and made it more salacious. It wasn't me that did that. I love the bit, you know, I've not been Daisy's biggest fan this week. I think it, it, almost everybody involved in this story should be a bit ashamed of themselves for one reason <laughs> or another. But I, I did enjoy Daisy when she um, couldn't keep a straight face when mentioning Bethany's journalistic integrity on Awful. Thursday's episode. And the way she's like, you've ruined my career. What career? Writing articles for Chit Chat, mate. Like, okay... okay whatever also (laughs) you know that she's not gonna stay as a journalist as well don't you she's gonna be working down at the factory or behind the bar at the bistro or something by the end nobody's gonna look and go heed my words nobody knows who bethany is for a starter if she's gonna submit like hey the way you get jobs is by networking for a start so you don't mention the the crappy article you had in chit chat magazine that you didn't even write in the first place you just don't bring it up you just talk about the great stuff that you actually got famous for initially and the other thing that happened was that carla was like <laughs> oh ryan how come you never told me about all the steroids i'm like what the, when does steroids come into this story this is the most convoluted like did the so she just like download coropedia from like a six month period into chit chats databases and say write that into a, an article yeah. like, who gives a crap about the steroids it's got nothing to do with it that Some was such a boring stupid part of the story uh, so who found out who knew about that lauren daniel saw it and was like oh he's ter-. like oh honestly that, that's really if i was if i was listening to to bethany telling me the story i'd be like right we'll cut the steroid stuff because that's stupid and doesn't make any sense and it doesn't add anything to this i thought we were doing a love triangle why are we talking about steroids now i thought this is an issue story about acid attacks this story's got everything Gemma. the editor was probably salivating at the thought no of wonder it's a two thousand word story who's got time to read a two thousand word story in Bloody chit chat magazine. Well, they're waiting, waiting to have their, their. Well, you're waiting to have your your, your blue rinse done. <laughs> mind for I don't know more stories. Oh, I, don't know. I just I just I I just can't buy Bethany. It's, she's, no offense, she's really not she being put in a good light since she's been back, has she? Like Lucy Fallon must have signed up to this, going brilliant. Yeah, let's bring Bethany back. But they've really done a number on her character. They're they're just making her seem petulant and petty and. I don't I don't want to be mean. Right, but she doesn't strike me as somebody who's particularly verbose and articulate. Right, no. I'm really sorry, but she she doesn't say anything that indicates that. And I'm not saying that you have to be really good at speaking you don't need to, be to, be awesome to be a good writer. No. But but the writing that we have read of hers was crap, and I know that it was somebody probably in the props department or the um, design department that came up with it. I don't think a writer touched that with a barge pole, but. Why couldn't she, like, I'm thinking of, I, I'm thinking that Corey wants us to think of her as like a Stacey Dooley. And I don't know much about her, but I do know that she is just, she, not just, but she's a journalist who goes in there and she talks to people. She's kind of like a young, the only, oh, I could describe it to you as like a Louis Theroux. Like she mm. goes in and she engages with people and she talks to them on a human level. And I think that that would be her strength as a character. I think that she'd be really good at, at talking to people, engaging with them and getting a story out of them. And she would be more of a, like a video journalist or like she would do documentaries. I do not think she'd write and, she, and the stuff that she has written is crap. It and just, I don't understand why Coronation Street doesn't make her into a video like documentary journalist. But maybe they'll the do that. Maybe that's to come. It, the storyline wouldn't work with with that. But it just seems God. that you know the the one qualification that she had to make her a so called good writer is that she was groomed 
by a pedo gang and and that horrific experience just you know awoke some innate writing ability that was hidden deep within her and uh, yeah, I, I know, I, but the but the but thing she, is she though, Coronation that. Street's totally setting that up is because Lauren is the new Bethany because she was also groomed and she's being groomed and therefore she's also got some kind of innate writing talent. I'm going to go and ask my parents what happened to me as a child because <laughs> clearly there's some kind of unaddressed trauma. Oh, so you're just tooting your own horn about how great a writer you are now, are you? Well, I, I could write for chit chat. <laughs> you weren't you weren't the UK's youngest female magazine editor. Back in the day for a reason, were you? Yes. Eh? Well, I was. That was... Yeah, I was. <laughs> okay, anyway. So that's what happened in that story. Now, let's let's go through it. Let's, let's do it. So... Because there was also stuff with the pub this week. It was... What day were we this week? Monday, Thursday, Friday, right? It feels like Monday was so long ago. That, that gap between Monday to Thursday's episode made it... You know, it was a gulf. But um, if we remember, Daisy is declaring that she is actually capable of getting Newton and Ridley's back on the menu at the Rovers' return. So she heads over to Chariot Square to have a meeting with a rep to try and do a deal because Jenny said that she wouldn't do it. Um, how are you finding the Daisy and Jenny um, relationship this week? Daisy and Jenny. Yeah, the the just the getting at each other. They're I, I like I being like a bit it. passive aggressive and. But where is it going? I I want more of it. I I'd like I'd like to see. I know that we knew that this was happening, but I prefer to see them working together as a team. I, I'm not sure that it's making either of them or showing either of them in the best light. They're all being just a little petty. Flashback to when the Rovers originally um, shut down, and we said. It's such a shame because this Rovers team is like one of the best teams they've had for years. Mm. And it's a bit symptomatic of Coronation Street at the moment where they're really, really good at and kind of creating a situation whereby you're going to miss what you got when it's gone. Because mm. they did the same with Nina and Seb where they managed to create a, a really endearing and... Um, beautiful romance yeah, within in the space, the space of, of like three weeks yeah. the the rovers team being like a coherent group had been brewing in the background but it wasn't until they were going to close the pub that i really felt that they pushed it to the forefront to make us care about them coronation street make us care about things not just because you're going to snatch them away or do something horrific with them make us care about everybody and their relationships as not just a storytelling technique to make us miss them when they're gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I will say that I really enjoyed Glenda on Wednesday, Thursday's episode during the, the Rita's um, birthday scene, but it really does feel like she kind of you know, sw- swans in occasionally and then disappears off again. Not that I'm complaining. We've, we're seeing loads of Jenny this week. Brilliant. And I do like Daisy, but yeah, I, I'm not... What's I'm not. Fe- about- I'm not feeling the 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 love, the same love for the them theft. as a team at the moment because they're just at each other's throats. The theft. And what the? Oh yeah, the, the, that, the, the theft was the main focus on on Monday, wasn't it? So it is Rita's birthday on Wednesday. Jenny's Wednesday, Monday. When no, well, it's when, coming no, up. It's coming up. Yeah. So um, she's she's trying to um get Who's Carla she? to come along, Jenny to come along to this party, and and Carla can't. She's got she's got business meeting that she has to get to also at chariot square oh i wonder what's going to happen there and um we were reminded of the fact that jenny and daisy's um purchase of the rovers all um came about by them nicking carla's money using Stephen's yeah, diary yeah exactly so daisy so and carla, carla says, are both gonna have business meetings 
in, in the Chariot Square place. Hotel. Yes. Carla's telling Jenny, oh, you're doing a great job at the Rovers. And Jenny's looking a little bit awkward because she knows that there's a bit of a secret there. So Carla goes over to the Rovers, not the Rovers, the, the Chariot Square Hotel. And she meets up with someone who she thinks is a client. And she he introduces himself as the Waterfords rep. And thinks that she's Daisy. You know, the Rovers owner, Daisy Midgley. And Carla's like, what? No, Je- Jenny's the Rovers owner. She's my, what does she call her, stepmother, kind of. Um, and they, they part ways, both slightly confuddled by the situation. And then this is when Carla sees Daisy come into the pub to meet him. So she's like, hmm, why is Daisy going around telling people that she's the over- owner of the Rovers? So after this meeting's gotten um, through, Daisy comes back to the pub, all triumphant. She's managed to get Waterfords to agree to let them start Newton and Ridley again. Bye-bye, nun's temptation. Jenny's fuming, though, that Denny, Daisy went it over her head. Um, and Carla comes in just in time, just coincidentally in time, to hear Daisy remind Jenny that she's down on the deed as the co-owner, actually. So if she wants to have these meetings, then she blimmin' well will do. And Carla's like, what? You, co-owner? What the heck? And so Jenny and Daisy is really backed into a corner with this. They're like, uh-oh, like, how, how, we, how are we going to get out of this one? And Jenny tries to lie that Daisy got a big loan from her mum. And then the pair of them just agreed that it made sense to run it together. And Carla's like, okay, okay but didn't you say you got a bank loan, Jenny? And Jenny's like, oh, yeah, but it didn't cover it. That was That's all. Hmm. I think Carla is um, appeased for the time being. But that's going to be sense. percolating around her head. If, if they say we both had to get a loan out, and no, so that's why we're co-owners, it's not really that... Not really, but the fact that why did they it have was, a cover story? Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And the fact that um, <laughs> they haven't been, you know, open and honest with this particular story. Why, why haven't they just said, "Oh yeah, Daisy got the loan"? That's going to make Carla think something's not right here. And it, it makes me wonder as well whether um, is it Christine, Daisy's mum? Is that right, Christine, yes. Christina? Whether she's going to come back at some point, and Carla will say, "Oh, it's a good job you lent that money to your daughter, isn't it?" And yeah, Christine's but don't like, forget what money. No, but she's good at. Didn't she? Is she good at like? Oh yeah, she did last time, didn't she? she? Yeah, she for Daisy before with Daniel, didn't she? Yeah, she covered. Yeah, that's a good point. She's a good wing woman to have. Mm. The fact that she came back a couple of months ago makes me think that she is possibly the sort of character that isn't gonna disappear off forever, and she might be be without wished into the rovers when uh, whenever she's needed. Without wishing to throw um, what's the word? cold water on any of the returns they've had so far. The way Corey's going at the moment, it wouldn't surprise me if she came back for a six-month stint to have a torrid love affair with Brian out of <laughs> completely nowhere. I think no Brian will be up for that. I think he's, uh, you know, he's just not obviously going anywhere Mary at the moment. I think he did, yeah. Yes, please. Um, so anyway. I swear to God, if they bring Dr. Gaddison as the main character and ruin her, I'm going to riot. <sighs> but I think, she, I think we need to keep her like Father Christmas. Like, magical, aloof, remote... Don't know, like, like, like the Queen used to be. We don't need her living in our house, drinking our tea and farting in the bathroom. That takes away the mystique. Well, yeah, she needs to symbolise the NHS <laughs> and our love. Of, it's Dr. Gaddas's 10th anniversary coming up people. soon. 10 years on the street, Dr. Gaddas. Can you and believe all, it? And imagine how and many hairstyles she's epi- had. I know, I know. And even 100 episodes. I'm going to try and get her on the podcast. I am. I'm going to Different hair every get time. Christine Mackey on the podcast. Come on. Uh, anyway, so Jenny and Daisy are having a bit of a bicker in the back of the rovers later. And Daisy's like, well, you know, at least this means we can be more open about me, and co- be, me being co-owner. She thinks this is great because she's hated having to 
pretend that she isn't the co-owner and, and she's still Jenny's lackey. So, but Jenny's obviously fuming about this because she's been enjoying lording her over Daisy still. So Daisy goes into the bar and announces, rings the bell and says, ding, 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 Newton and Ridley back on the menu tomorrow. Also, FYI, I'm the new co-owner of the Rovers Return. Daniel, of course, is sitting there, very interested to hear the news. Um, so he goes out the back to see Daisy later and he's like, I'm really happy for you. But it, it's looking like there's maybe something developing there. But then Bethany comes out and whisks him away and Daisy looks a bit... Um, a little bit guilty about everything that's happened and maybe also a bit regretful that she didn't make the move on him sooner. So, Wednesday, no, not Wednesday's episode, sorry, Thursday's episode, originally when I've, I've completely lost track of what day everything's supposed to be set. I don't know whether you have. We should have seen when Rita's 92nd birthday, what the date of it actually is. Because this Wednesday episode, Thursday, bloody hell, um, it was Dylan going back to school after half term, wasn't it? So, maybe it was Monday I think maybe I, I mean it there's a missing there's a few missing episodes and they haven't really filled all the gaps. I don't think that they knew when they wrote this what exactly was going to happen. So I'm a bit disappointed in ITV for messing Curry it, around. It's really I, I mean touch wood next week the schedule's back to normal Monday Wednesday Friday and is this is this you know are we back to regular schedule in for the time being I don't know but anyway when her birthday was <sighs> hang on sorry oh sorry, you asked on. me when her birthday yeah, so... was Rita was birthday was on the twenty fifth which was Sunday Sunday oh okay so we're definitely out of kilter but they said that still. it wasn't going to be on her actual birthday they said this in the show oh yeah they did didn't they they said on they said on Monday's episode. That that was Rita's birthday but today, but she's visiting Mavis. Mavis in Cartmel. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Right, Look, Thursday. Thursday's episode. Don't get mad when I interject when you ask me a question. No, no, no I'm not mad at all. Thank you for your. Thank mm, you for your. Right. I'm just saying, whenever the show is not on the day it's supposed to be on, it's not Corrie's fault. It's ITV. The schedule. Let's all go there with pitchforks. I'm sure Coronation Street would very happily just be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, forever. A couple of extras around Christmas. So... Well, yeah, exactly. Jenny wants the ladies on uh, Thursday's episode to start getting ready for this massive birthday bash that they're putting on for Rita. 92, 92. It made me wonder, like, do they have a birthday party like this for Rita every year? She said they do. Do you reckon? She said they do. Did they? She said she always... I don't know, I wasn't listening. Whenever Rita talks now, I just... Ah, uh, yeah. It was nice she that She just they... spent the whole time bitching about everything, which is great. That's. I mean, that's what I do on my birthday now. Imagine what I'll be like when I'm 92. She wasn't just bitching. She's so, honestly, be lucky to be 92. Yeah, yeah. I think it felt to me like they gave her a special birthday episode to mark Barbara Knox's 90th birthday. Don't you think? Yeah, may up. Maybe, I don't know. Um, so Mayap! Mayap, they did. So, um, meanwhile, we've got Daniel and Daisy catching her in the street later and says, oh, can you look after Bertie later? And she's like, yeah, but she was clearly hoping for a little bit more after Monday's um, tete-a-tete in the smoking shelter. Few more barbed comments from Jenny aimed at Daisy later when she comes walking down the street with Bertie hand in hand. And Jenny's like, well, look, Rita's birthday's coming, party's imminent. When are you helping out with that? So um, Bertie gets um, shoved off into the back room of the Rovers while Daisy helps pop a load of gold balloons and banners in the bar. Oh, why are these women fighting over who gets to look after Daniel's spawn? Well, he sits on the at the kitchen island marking work. He literally could have sat in the same room as, as his child. 
Nobody's sitting with Bertie. He's in a room by himself watching TV. <laughs> why does why is Daniel so important, but other people have to work and look after his kid? I know, I know. I felt a bit jealous of his pile of exercise books. You know, in his class, he had of, of what eight pupils has he got yeah, in there? It's like, oh yeah, oh this is gonna take me. 10 oh, minutes it's gonna take me like t- ten to fifteen <laughs> minutes to get this done. Um, Bethany gets pretty offended later when she hears that Daniel asked Daisy to babysit Bertie when it should have been her doing it. Then she gets a notification to say that this chit-chat article has been published and suddenly Bertie's um, childcare arrangements aren't quite is so she important not, for her. Is she, is she, are we supposed to find this petty and immature? What, her wanting to look her, after I Bertie? I look after that Bertie. I think so. I think everything that Bethany does is petty and immature. Do you? Do you find it that? Look after your own kid, Daniel. (laughs) So, um, yeah, this this article's out and um, it's not going to be long before everybody finds out all about it. So, um, Daisy, um, later on in the pub again, admits to Glenda that she and Daniel nearly had a moment in the backyard yesterday. Just a little one. And she's convinced that Bethany's just a rebound girl and he's going to be back with her before long. All sorted. (laughs) So, birthday party time. Happy birthday, Rita. She's, she comes in and she's like, oh, everybody, oh, I just want to say, oh, thank you, that's so lovely. And you, you never, you never forget. And that's Rita's great birthday speech. Congratulations. I, I did enjoy that they sang happy birthday and there was a background man in the, uh, one of the extras that was just flapping his lips slightly, wasn't he? It's like, do you, do you know the words to happy birthday? It's You're like just not allowed I, to sing them, otherwise they pay you. If, if I say them exactly, then... I'll get in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, so they all give a, a rousing rendition of that to her. She goes and sits down, and how lovely. So um, Mary's having a bit of a bop, um, but in the middle of all the frivolities, Glenda gets... No, hang on. Mary oh, no, finds it... this article. Sorry, it is. You're right. Ma- Mary it. gets the... I don't know. Does she just have notifications for chit-chat set yeah. up? I, I do. She's so... Um... What about that person who married a fence post? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so she she gets this article, and it was all very convenient for the plot, and then she shows it to Glenda. It, well, immediately, Mary realises who we're talking about here. And I didn't... Re- I don't think that people would get it straight away. No. I mean, I guess we would, because we know all the finer details of this story. Yeah, but I know. Yeah, that's very does true. Does Mary... Does yeah. she know everything that happened? Is she reading this so that... going, steroids, what? Or is she going, oh no, steroids, that's not anything to do with the story I know. Yeah, I, but anyway, um, they, through a, a, a series of, well, she, she, sends she, she, the... she sends it to the group somehow. Because, no, because, because, because Mary. No, Michael, we know people that have sent messages to individuals and vice versa. It's not that. Accidentally, I know, I know, it was just quite convenient way of getting everybody to be able to read this article I had a torrid affair with acid attack hero Um, and everyone's reading it well Mary's kind of dramatically reading it out to to, to anyone who'll listen Um, behind the bar though Daisy's fuming because there are things in there that only Daniel and her would know so this is clearly the work of one Bethany Platt she puts two and two together. She storms over to the flat, has it out with her, and Bethany's like, well, it's not, I didn't write it, it's been sensationalised. I didn't make it like this. And Daisy's like, what the... Sorry, I'm not having this. You've written about me. You, you didn't ask my permission for some of the stuff that was in there. Um, well, I, I hope it's going to be worth it for you when people find out 
what you've done because actually people think I'm pretty cool. So Bethany's like, sorry, I probably shouldn't have done that really. Daniel um, later finds Daisy having a mope in Victoria Gardens and he's she's kind of a bit surprised at first at how well he's taking this shocking revelation that his salacious past has been plastered all over the magazine covers. And he, he he's like, well, you know, it's hardly journalism, is it? But she realises... And did you know about this already? Did you know this was coming? And then, and then she's like, "Yeah, you you were the one that told Bethany about it." And he's like, "No, no, no, I wasn't." She doesn't believe him. Storms off and says, "Stop being such a bloody sap with this Bethany girl. Honestly, you're making yourself look like a right idiot." So back at the flat, Daniel says, "Bethany, did you use me as a source? Did you take some of the stuff that I'd said and stick it in the article without my permission?" And she says, "Well, yeah, I pieced it together from a lot of places." She's she's very um. Yeah, she she doesn't drop Lauren in it straight away, does she? She has to wait one episode for that. But then she starts accusing him of being jealous of her career. I mean, what do you think? No. He, he, but then he actually kind of says, yeah, maybe I am a little bit. <laughs> oh, come on, Bethany. They, they bicker some more. She flounces out. And I'm just watching there going, oh, I, am I too old for this? Now, now I'm over 40, is, is the romantic entanglements of these young 20-somethings just beyond me? Because I didn't, I didn't feel a thing. I, like, oh no, Bethany's having an argument with Daniel. Oh no, Daisy thinks that she's going to get back with him. I, I, you must feel the same. You can back me up with this any time you like. You just make, you, you're letting me dig my own grave no, here. I don't I just... dig a grave. I've said everything I, I want to say about it. I don't... Daniel's never been a catch I think he's a stupid fop I think that that Bethany's a bit of a jumped up madam and I think that Daisy is better off out of it Mm. They they are they're getting to be the new Weatherfield washing machine, they are. aren't they? They, they are. are. If that's what they're going for, then fine. But I'm, I don't want to do my laundry in it. <laughs> I don't want to put your smalls in that one. No. Um, okay, so Jenny's in the pub later, and she says to Glendale, "I'm a bit." worried about Daisy. She's taken herself into town for a massive booze up. Um, she's clearly, there's, there's stuff going on there and Glenda says, well yeah, D- Daisy's been thinking that things could have been getting back on track with Daniel and now this has come out and she doesn't know where her head is. So she gets back to the pub later, does Daisy, still mightily peeved. Um, she ends up just with her and Jenny in the bar um, who says, look, J- Daisy, I'm, I'm worried about you. Sorry about being at your throat. Sorry about being a bit of an arse and making you muskivy for the last few months. And Daisy says, look, I'm going to respect the fact that you, Jenny, have been in this game a little bit longer than me. So fair play. Let's, dig. That's a let's, dig. Let's, um, let's let bygones be bygones, eh? Um, but she's just, she's just really sad she's about sad. Daniel. I think he really, really hates me. God. Grow up, Daisy. Friday, Daisy's still fuming, who'd have thought it, about the article, and decides that she's going to complain to Chit Chat because some of her secrets have been plastered all through this and she didn't give permission. (laughs) I love the idea that Chit Chat magazine is just like... (laughs) It's just a receptionist and the editor, and the editor's like sitting next to them and, and like, ring ring oh, who is it who is it uh, hang on I'll answer the phone I'm the receptionist hello Chit Chat magazine yes you want to speak to the editor and he's like oh, pass it to me pass it to me oh please please I want to speak to somebody I'm bored here I've got nothing to do 
Laurie Fit Chit Chat magazine could never be boring, Gemma. Think about all the sensational articles you're writing or making like, up. I like the way also that they're like, there's absolutely no vetting whatsoever. There's no like, just what do you want to talk to him or her about? They just immediately put you through to the editor. Like, anyone who's got a complaint, they just go straight to the top. Yes, no problem whatsoever. Do you know who I am? Can you imagine how many complaints they get, like, in a day for that crap magazine, how much rubbish they put in there? My gob wasn't suitably smacked by your article on the front cover. I, I want my money back. Excuse so me. It's quite tame, I actually. I am a representative of the Fence Lovers Association, and I want to complain about the depiction of Fence human love in the latest <laughs> issue of the magazine, trying to make out there's something nefarious or odd about a woman and a fence post being in love. <laughs> Can I please speak to the editor immediately? Oh, yes, no, I'll so. just put you straight through. Well, it seems to work anyway. It seems to work later. Well, they're like, what's this? You didn't you didn't sign a form that we should have checked the form was signed? Yeah. Well, this is obviously Bethany's fault, not mine, the editor. <laughs> so Daniel catches Daisy in the street later, says, look, I'm, I'm really sorry about everything. She doesn't care. She says, "She's, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. And Bethany thinks that Daniel's pathetic as well. He's got nothing to apologise for. She says, well, apart from you can apologise for me. Apologise to me. So, oh my gosh. Draining, this is. Draining. <sighs> Daniel and Adam later on a meeting in the cafe. And Daniel says, look, I'm a bit worried that I betrayed Daisy. And Dan- Adam's like, why, why why, do you care about Daisy? She's your ex. You should be focusing on making up with Bethany. Daisy's toxic. You're best off without her. I like Mate. the way Adam's acting as though he's like the great arbiter of what you're supposed to do to get a woman back when he's trying to, like, he's tanking his career to get revenge over somebody who stole his wife. Yeah, I know, I Shut know. Shut up, Adam. He's, uh, he's a scorned man. He, he thinks that all women are scum. He's, he was being a misogynistic pig. What was he? Yes, he was. Oh, you saw, what did he say? I missed that. He was like, oh, yeah. women are awful. Oh, and he was, like, pointing, like, he's like, oh, you and you and you and all of you, all, all horrible. Yeah, but you, you say that all men are awful, don't you? How'd you like it, eh? Me? Shoes on the other foot. Eh? <laughs> eh? Um, I agree with him that all women no I don't know <laughs> everyone's as bad as each other um what's happening next Bethany having a bit I of a chat with Sarah why do you say I say that <laughs> some men are some men are I've never said all men are awful no I know you haven't well he's not saying all women are awful or yes did he it? did oh okay fine um anyway Bethany says like I just want to move on with this um I've Oh, she, oh, this is where she finds out that she's been sacked from her freelance job <laughs> at Chit Chat, isn't it? They phone her up. No, she phones them up to say, oh, I submitted another article idea earlier. What Would is you it? like to commission it? And they're like, what no. What's the article I idea? I don't remember. I don't A remember. Bulldog wedding on <laughs> Manchester City Centre. Something like that. Um, How no, to they hire said a McDonald's for your wedding. Cut all ties with her. Because Daisy has threatened legal action against them for their, um, not quoting their sources properly. So um, Daisy's pretty pleased to hear this uh, news later. Then she gets into another argument with Daniel and, I oh know, with, with her. And then Daniel comes over and's like, oh, Daisy, what you done? You've been ringing up Chit Chat Magazine and Dobbin Bethany. And, oh, girls, come on, just can't you make friends? So... Through all this, it all comes out about Lauren being her source. She was trying to blackmail Daisy and stuff last year. Mega shocker, but the biggest shocker of the episode is we get a return from Ryan. Hooray! Did anybody really think he was gone? Did anybody think that we'd seen the back of Ryan? 
No. I didn't know he was coming back tonight, though. Fair play. We there there was a few giveaways if you're following um, Corey News that. Didn't, didn't <laughs> oh he, my goodness! That he got a he Valentine's a Day or? thing the other day. Oh well, yeah, on that on yeah. Valentine's Day they went around on the social media, which was a really cool idea, and give, gave the like various people little chocolates. That's but they, one idea. of them was Ryan, and it gave the game away a little. I think bit. he did some publicity. I thought that he did a so star like tour. Maybe. Yeah, he remember. did. So, um, yeah, we knew who was coming back, but I, I didn't know. I, I thought it was a quite a good reveal where <laughs> Daisy was um, having a bit of a blub on the sofa in the back of the Rovers, and then you get to see somebody's legs walk past, and, and then they pan up, and it's Ryan. But, hooray. Best asset. Just, just another another uh, poker in the fire of this uh, love what are we now? Pentagon? I don't, I don't know. know. Can you anyway, thrust a, a pole into a pentagon? He's he's back. He's over Crystal. He's done. He's finished with Glasgow. Um, yeah, Chris, Crystal is gone for good. And uh, he, he learns all about everything that's been happening. He's read about the article. He wants to see <laughs> see what's been going on here then. What's all the drama that I've been missing out on? Maybe, maybe Chit Chat Magazine is actually the UK's most popular publication maybe i'm pouring scorn on it and it's actually like they actually have their fingers on the pulse of what we want in britain today and perhaps the editor is like one of the most highly paid people in british media today could be could be because everyone seems to read this flipping thing i yeah <laughs> it does feel what was it daisy said at some point in the episode like oh the whole country knows who i am now it's like do they it's yet another case of it's gone viral except this case it, this time the they didn't say it's gone viral and it is kind of a paper article that's gone viral rather than just somebody's a social media article. no as in like it's something that's been i know it was online it's as well article. but it's a it's a magazine article rather than just a tweet many... that somebody seems to put out but but yet again Something that somebody has written on Coronation Street is now known through the the length and breadth of this land. Clearly, all the way up to John O'Groats because it it hit Ryan on the way in Glasgow, didn't it? Well, who cares about a, a love a, a love triangle with an acid attack element to it when somebody's married a fence post? Oh, serious. Like... Also, there are diet tips in there. What are the diet tips? <laughs> also, how to wear big floppy hats and look yeah. wonderful. I just don't think that anybody really would care about this. Oh, when well, has a sensational article in a magazine like that ever I think when it's somebody entered you know, the wider public consciousness? You actually do care. I think you would if it was somebody you know, but the way that they were talking about it, like I said, is like, oh my gosh, the whole country is scandalised by this news. I don't quite buy it. Really well, don't. I really, I really like... <laughs> I really like the other articles in Chit Chat Magazine because you did get to see the front page of it, didn't we? Yes, and, have you got um, it? What to expect this spring is the most ominous headline I've ever read in my life. Now that's just Ian McLeod running his mouth off about, sorry, spoilers alert, here we go, here's what everything that's going. What to expect this spring? What does that <laughs> mean? Also, how you can prevent hay fever with sap. No. And Sap. top secrets revealed by our popularity expert. Start cooking with our new recipe pullout. Amazing. I can tell why that's the uh, UK's number one glossy publication. Anything else? I mean, I, I, I don't dare give the secrets away. <laughs> um, I want to know more about Sap. Anyway, um, 
what? Who, who, Daniel? He's not in this scene. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna cure my hay fever. <laughs> that's what um, that's what old uh, Sarah's got in the moment, isn't it? Hay fever, Damon hay fever. <gasps> there you go. Write that down, Michael. <laughs> write that down. Um. Anyway. Ryan, Ryan's, Ryan's being very lovely and gentlemanly with Daisy, and he's he's still he's still a nice guy, and he's like, we're mates, aren't we? Just just mates, good old mates. And Daisy's a little bit disappointed. How awkward to come back on the day when the article was published about your torrid love affair. Yeah. So then Daisy, Jenny's talking to Daisy later, and it's like, just don't dive head first in with Ryan. You're still harbouring feelings for Daniel. You literally were telling me yesterday that you thought it was going to be back on with you. And with Daisy, him. With him. And Daisy's like, oh, no, I'm interested in Ryan now. She said, what did she say? Like, you oh, I just, I, just want to, I just want to feel loved. Or, or something. Well, Come stop on. babysitting the kid then. I know she said she was... It really annoys me how they're using this child as some kind of weird... I didn't have a bigger problem with that. It, I, I get really, that. Really I think that Daisy me. really does care about. I know. Him. I mean, he, she, she was his de facto da- mum Daniel for a long time. Daniel didn't care about Daisy's relationship with Bertie until he needed a babysitter. That's my problem with the whole thing. Oh, he okay. either cares about maintaining a relationship to, in, or, in order to give Bertie a stable home life, which would be admirable of him, or he just needs a babysitter. <laughs> Pick one. And Daisy should have a bit more self-respect for herself to not just go running to Daniel and doing doing him a favour when he when he needs one, and also messing with Bertie's mind because you know full well Daniel's not going to let her go anywhere near him now. Mm-hmm. How screwed up is this poor kid's head? He he hasn't seen Daisy for ages. Then Daniel's like, "Ego, go around Daisy's Daisy's house," and he gets dumped in the back room while she's doing a bloody party for a nine-to-two-year-old <laughs> in the front making sandwiches. Yeah, is this child? D- does anyone care about this child? Am I the only one who cares about Bertie? He's he's he doesn't take much to to make him happy, does Bertie? He's a simple child. Or they're just building traumas for the next generation. They're like, we've got to screw Bertie up when he's a kid, so that we can make sure he's really traumatized <laughs> for the for this twenty years time when he starts having his own affairs. Anyway, so Daniel goes and makes up with Bethany, and everything's fine there. You got Ryan with Carlo. He's back in his old haunting ground, the flat again, and he tells her about Crystal and like, oh, I, I just Crystal was boring. Why Cut. did they bring her back as a, the most boring character? What? Why did they give her a personality transplant so she could take him away for like a like a week's worth of episodes? They could have kept her being a bitch then. Then it would have made more sense mm. instead of having her turn up going me 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 me. Anyway, you just love it. You- you just yeah, get I, know, I want to get it in can. there again. I know people love it when I do. So Carla impression. twigs that <laughs> Ryan is back from Glasgow just so we can get together with Daisy Wasn't again. It Edinburgh because he went to? no, it was not. Um, and then she says, "Look, you can't base a relationship on shared trauma." Because he tries to spin that tale again, doesn't he? Like, oh wow, we both had acid thrown at us, so therefore <laughs> the stars have aligned and we must we must wed. Well, I don't think it goes that far, but. I bet he wouldn't be surprised before the year's out. He's like, no, 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 he says we're just mates at the moment, but that doesn't last long because um, he wants to chat with her later. And uh, he, he he calls her up to the flat and says, oh, look, I just didn't work out between me and Crystal because I couldn't stop thinking about you. And then they have a kiss. Oh, how lovely. Um, and then later on, we got Jenny really miffed off at Daisy when she brings Ryan into the pub later saying, what are you do this this guy's got rebound written all over him. What are you doing? Daisy says, well, I just want to feel good. And Jenny says, you cannot afford to be dating Ryan right now. 
what if he finds out about us taking Carla's money? He's going to go blabbing straight to her. I oh, don't don't support this lady. And Daisy says, "Well, I reckon this is a risk worth taking. A risk. A, ru- a risk. A risk worth taking. Yeah." So there we go. There we go. There was everything that happened there. Um, Pretty says enough now. Do you, do you? I just I just can't can't get the energy to care about this relationship stuff. I'm kind of glad in a way that Daisy and Ryan have have kissed and and and, and got together by the end of this week, and we're not going to have weeks of them, you know, toing and froing and and maybe and holding hands and, and but yeah, so they're back together again now. Is that is Ryan? Is Daniel gonna accept this? Is he gonna be jealous of Ryan because he secretly wants to get back with Daisy? Is Daisy gonna be regretful when she sees Daniel the next time? I I, I don't know, but I guess we'll find out, won't we? Um, I did want to mention before well, while we're still talking about this story because I missed it earlier. That strange Drayman character on Thursday's episode. What was that all about? I don't know. He's like. And Daisy was like, I don't know who this guy is. I'm going to just make sure he's not stealing, actually stealing the bear. He came into the back room and I was like, oh, he's... I can't remember what the character's name was now. But they gave him, like, proper speaking lines, didn't they? And I thought, oh, is this going to be a character? Maybe he He had extra written all over him. Maybe he'll be important. They might bring him back again, but I don't know. Maybe in six months' time, he and Tommy Orpington will be revealed to be long-lost brothers. Maybe. I don't know. And and uh, Dr. Gaddis is their sister. This guy that played him is a man called Julian Walsh. And um, he was first in Coronation Street in 1987 when he played a paperboy at the cabin. He yeah. probably knew Jenny back then as oh, well, didn't yeah, he? probably. Mm. Yeah. He's been on Corrie six times. The last time that he was in it, he played um, one of the victims of Gary Lone Ginger Windass. He, he owed him a load of money. I think I quite liked him back then. But um, yeah, it just it struck me as being a little bit odd that character because, yeah, he just had silent extra written all over him and then he, he spoke. Lines, then he spoke. So what a surprise! And the guy who was doing the the birthday thing and was like, "Why can't I have been a character?" Yeah. Um, I, I'd be interested to know if if this storyline is just not hitting with other people as well. Is it is it just us? Because it's got you know it's got all the elements of something that should work. It's got Jenny in. Clearly, that's great. It's kind of a Rover's storyline. Daisy is a really complex character. Um, I, I like Daniel. I like I like Ryan. But it feels like it's been going on too long now. When was the acid attack? Was it last March? Are we nearly coming up on the anniversary? Is there going to be some horrible anniversary acid flashback? I, I, I feel like it needs a rest. And that's all I'm going to say because Give it Gem- a rest. Gemma doesn't seem to want to say anything about it. I've said it, everything I'm going to say about fine, it. Fine, fine. Well, let's talk about another relationship disaster, shall we? They think it's all over. It is now. Stephen Tracy, Tommy Orpington. <laughs> Go on. What's well, going on with us? This, this whole week, week was just fallouts from affairs, yeah. wasn't it? That we have it's almost, Ryan, Daisy, like a lesson to learn Daisy there. and Daniel. Then we've got uh, Tim, not Tim, Tommy, Tracy, and Steve. Steve. And then you got Dee Dee and Joel, Dee Dee and, Joel and Emily, and who else? I can't remember. But right, so on Monday, Tim is worried about the fact that he knows about the affair and he doesn't know if she should tell Steve. And he's talking to Sally about this, 
And um, <laughs> then they start to wonder if they're swingers. And <laughs> Tim, was it Tim's like, why didn't they invite us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <It's quite funny. laughs> and Sammy says, look, don't, just don't say anything. I thought that, um, you know, last week we were singing the praises of this story, weren't we? Because the humour worked so, so well. And Monday's episode had, had bits of that. I don't think it was sparkling in quite the same way. Um, but yeah. it, just, it just didn't feel appropriate to keep it going once the reveal came out. But Tim decides to confront Tracy and he says, look, don't, don't murder me, right? I, I know about, I know about you. Well, he tricks her, which is quite smart for Tim. He says, T- Tommy's told me everything. She's like, oh no. And it, it confirms who it, who it was that she was in bed with. Mm. And he tells her that she needs to tell Steve. Tracy bumps into Tommy and tells him what's happened and they don't know what to do about it. And then Tommy tells Tracy that she needs to tell Steve before he hears it from someone else says rip the plaster off but that would just make more work for him <laughs> I don't, is he a plasterer as well <laughs> no but it would ruin the paintwork wouldn't it <laughs> tim goes back to see sally says like, i've had it out with tracy and then and then tommy comes downstairs because he was up there touching up the bathroom and tim's comedically livid at him and orders him out but sally's like no you, you, he needs to finish the bathroom off first but then tracy comes in um, Tracy goes to her house, number two, one, three, eight, <laughs> and she's ready to tell Steve everything that's happened. But instead, she walks in to a surprise proposal with Amy and Steve, all dressed up and nervous, asking if she wants to do a vow renewal. Classic Corey vow renewal. Yes. Any excuse for getting them to dress up fancy and get on the front of the magazines again? No, I well, think possibly in this. I don't know. Do you, do you think? Do you think they are going to get back together? I don't know at this point, and I honestly don't. I'm not. I don't care anymore because they don't care. So I remember I would have cared when if one of the or both of them wanted to be back together again, but they just don't care. So I remember when Steve and Tracy got married the last time, and it was. Um, we were kind of some of the lone voices saying, no, no, they're great together. Put them together. You know, Corey has spun this yarn about like them being them star-crossed lovers yeah. and, you know, ever since they were teenagers. And, and lots of other Coronation Street fans have very, you know, justifiably said, no, Tracy's been a cow to him so many times. No way in real <laughs> life would Steve be touching her with a 10-foot barge pole. But I was Something willing like to, I was willing to overlook that and say, that they just kind of feel right together in the same way, same way as Nick and Leanne. Like nobody else seems yeah, better suited for them. They? They're they are a copy. Yeah, they you know they'll split. They'll come back together again. I I was all for Steve and Tracy. Yeah, me too. But since then, we've just seen so frustratingly little of them. I've got you know. Like with so many other Corrie couples, I've got nothing to base my love of their relationship on. Yeah. They'll come in for a few scenes, they'll be in the background for Amy's story. It's just felt felt so um so paper thin their their relationship that the where this episode on Monday was supposed to be about, oh my gosh, they've split up. It just kinda left me a bit bit cold. Cory relationships at the moment seem like to be uniting fan bases more than anything. Like if you if you like if you like Daniel and you like Daisy, maybe you'll like them together. Like they they don't try to make us like couples. They just 
Unless they're going to have something tragic happen. They like just hope that we'll like the characters enough to invest in them in a couple with someone else, which doesn't always work. Mm. Anyway, um, so she agrees because she she doesn't know what else to do. Mm. So Steve goes to number four to tell Tim and to tell him that he wants to be, he wants him to be his best man at this vow renewal. And he's a, taken aback at this and decides that he's going to tell Steve himself what Tracy should have done. He says Tommy's been dribbling, dribbling in her penalty area and stuck one in the back of her net. <laughs> Maybe that is the pregnancy storyline I'm waiting for. Now, I genuinely was not expecting Steve to find out quite so soon. I know. And, and because I knew that well, just earlier on, before this episode was broadcast, I was interviewing Matt Milburn, Tommy Alpington, and I'd had a sneaky look at the synopsis for Monday's episode. So I thought, I don't, don't want this to be out of date. But the synopsis <laughs> didn't say. It was kind of like, will Steve find out about Tracy playing away? And I was like, I'm going to hedge your bets and, and imagine he doesn't, because I think they're going to drag this story out for a bit longer. So this really caught me off guard um, this week. And it feels like it's happened really quickly. It's almost like... You know, this story could be coming to its end, don't you think? Mm. It doesn't feel like it's got a whole much more fuel in it because, you know, they'll either get back together soon and then that'll be over or they'll be off screen for a little bit and the next thing we know they'll have just... They'll they'll just... They'll have one episode that sets up, okay, let's get back together again. It it feels... I don't know, yeah. Like, surprisingly cut short. Steve won't believe this, but Tim swears it's true and he says, this is why I know. And Steve, Steve can't process this, but he wants details. Tim doesn't want to go into it. Um, and Steve Steve goes and, and speaks to Tracy about it. Um, and Tracy can tell by the look on his face when he comes back in that, that he he knows. And she just says, oh, God, Steve, I'm so sorry. And she says, I do love you, but in the same way I love my top. I'm not in love with you anymore. You're like a cardigan. Um, I don't want... Maybe I, I don't want you to forgive me. I, maybe I wanted to get caught. Maybe I've had enough of this. And she's kind of, I think a bit of Ken's rubbed off on her. Cause she's like, I'm fed up of this life and this street and everything. I'm just bored of you. She, she just says, I'm sorry, Steve. It's time to call it a day. Now, I was not expecting this at all, were you? Which bit? The fact that Tracy's like, forget it. I, I'm not going to beg. I don't want to be back with you. I'm actually, I'm actually glad well, this happened. They've been sowing the seeds. Just I about. I know, but I, I, I kind of expected it to be a big, you know, oh, I thought I wanted this, but I actually want you, Steve. But maybe that that's to come. I mean, if you're going to get... She, she's... She's yeah. like... When, it's like she, she's often got, when, well, go on. Go on. I was just say, often when they get caught out, they'll often say, oh, look, I'm really sorry, please. My mind has been opened. I, 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 the, the scales have dropped from my eyes. I've realised that I do love you after all. Yeah, but... Yeah. It's like she was like... But but it's kind of true. Steve is a massive loser, isn't he? And well, met, met, yeah, I, I, I can I can watch the program and say, yeah, what what woman in their right mind would want to be married to a buffoon like him? Um, but it's not often that. At least he cares about her enough to try to give dates and arrange um, vow renewals and. But I think he's only doing it. Cheese from Tesco. Yeah, but he's only doing it because he's worried. Because she's talking Maybe about these, um, what do you call it, the date year, the, the year pass or whatever she gap was talking year. about at Christmas. Yeah, the, re- the relationship gap year, that's it. Well, yeah, um, good, you should be worried. So, yeah, I... Well, anyway, she's I, like, I'm, I'm off. I just, I, that, this, it's impossible for me not to compare this scene to the one where Fizz and Tyrone split up. 
a couple of years ago. That brilliant, what was that, eight-minute epic, which was just the two of them, and they had this real kind of raw, realistic conversation about how the difficulties of having children can get in the way of a of a, a loving marital relationship, how she's got a bit bored of him and oh no, sorry, he got a bit bored of her. That that scene was so, so brilliant and I felt for it and I think it was because I was so invested in Fizz and Tyrone and and they gave the time and the performance. Everything about that was was fantastic. And this scene just felt like, well, this has got to be the scene where this happens. We can't you know, they, they they made it kind of just like a normal scene when it, it should have been so much bigger, don't you think? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Steve's fuming about this and she says, that I, w- I want you to be happy and you'll never be that with me. And he walks out and he sees Tommy and he has a go and says, you're dead to me. Poor Steve, he's lost his idol and his wife in the same day. I, 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 was, I was kind of hoping, like I said in the interview with Matt, that... Steve would be just a little bit conflicted that, you know, his wife yeah, and, know. and Tommy Orpington, that's that's a story to tell at the pub, isn't it? But he was, uh, rightfully so, um, pretty knocked off. I'm just trying, away. I don't idolise anybody like this. I know... Just me. I know that there, I know that this is fiction, and fiction, but I also know that there are people that do idolise people, like hero worship them. And I'm just trying to imagine... We've got some very passionate listeners ourselves, haven't we? How, listeners, would you feel (laughs) if Michael or I turned up in your bed, like, hello, knocking off your missus or your mister? (laughs) I just trying to genuinely think... would you feel if you thought that we'd been, like, secretly watching EastEnders? But I'm trying to genuinely think, I'm being serious here, I'm trying to genuinely think, what... I think you would be staggered, wouldn't you? I think... Would this really mess with your head? I don't know. You well, can't be you can't be a fan to the extent that that Steve and Tim are of, of Tommy without having blinkers on, right? Mm. Imagine like the the kind of mental torment you'd be put in to realise this person's a real person. Bizarre, mm. isn't it? Yeah. I think it's bizarre. Anyway, Steve and Tim um, have a whiskey at number four together, and Steve is pretending that Tracy was begging for forgiveness, but he kicked to the curb. Uh, it didn't really happen, did it? This is the other thing with this. He, he just he he no, doesn't he's seem putting up a front, isn't he? He's, he's putting up. He yeah, but I I still don't feel that he actually really cares. No, he's I know. just like oh that Tracy flipping Tommy Orpington and then kind of pulling his like comedically sad face. But I've I've seen so so little since this big reveal on Monday that shows that he actually really does care. He. Tracy and Steve are just too caricature at the moment. They've made for it me too to, much of a joke. find this truly engaging. Mm. It's the same, there's a few scenes on, on Thursday's episode. Steve almost seems to be enjoying the drama himself. Yeah, I know. Right. He feel, I think he thinks he's in a rom-com. You know? Does he think he's Adam Sandler or something? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Many people would wonder. So Tracy tells Ken and Avi about her thing with, with Tommy. And this is when I had a problem with Tracy. She just seemed so detached. It's like she's had a mental break. And I don't think that's what they're going for at all. But it's like she's had a lobotomy or something. And she's disassociating with what's happening. Because she just seems completely unbothered 
by everything that's going on and she can't see what the fuss is about. This is a man that she 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 lives with. She has a child with him. She's pursued him for years. She's built her life around him. And then she's like, on a whim gone, oh no, I don't fancy it anymore. And, and then she- she's like, well, of course he's going to have to move out and get bent and I'm going to... And the thing is, she said all this stuff about I hate my life and all this. The only thing she seemed to have done is kicked, tried to kick Steve out. She hasn't long got gone, I want to go to... Thailand and see what Gail likes so much about it or I'm going to retrain as a, a lawyer or I'm going to do anything whatsoever to change my life for the better she's just gone get rid of Steve mm. I thought it was just harsh how she break, broke the news to Amy yeah, so matter of factly and I know she's not a kid anymore but she's still young and to be you know, she's gone her whole life with her mum and dad passing her from pillar to post and she's gone through stages of wanting them together and then not wanting to together. But she's she's been loving having a proper family for the last few years. And for Tracy to just drop it, yeah, what, I, I've been having an affair. It's Yes, it's emotionally illiterate from a character, Tracy, that we've been led to believe actually really does care about Amy. Like, what was the point of that, the Aaron storyline with Amy? And how Tracy reacted if she genuinely doesn't care or seem to have any emotions mm. when it comes to her family. Yeah. I just think they were going for something, but I don't know what they were going for. It was also a bizarre scene because it was in the, the front room of number one, wasn't it? Well, you know, the, the, sorry, the back room of number one. And they're all sitting around the table and even Steve's there. Tracy's just revealing to Ken and Amy as Steve's sitting opposite her. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was just odd. It, it was bizarre. And Steve, unsurprisingly, kind of gets wild up and flounces off. Ken's... I'm glad that Ken was suitably disgusted by her behaviour. Well, yeah. Because, yeah, like you say, Steve gets rolled up, leaves, leaves. Um, meanwhile, Tommy's still at, at number four. Um, Tim's house. Yeah. Finishing off and... And, and Tim's annoyed that he's there and tells him to get lost. And then Steve comes around and, and Tim tries to tries to get him out of the house and take him to the pub, but he hears Tommy in the background. Um, and he storms in and then Tim gets between them. They're all sort of scrying up to each other and and uh, Tim, Tim really stands up for his friend here, Steve, and he, he tells Tommy that he's a disgrace to the strip and his overalls and they have a bit of a shove-off and um, poor... Or Sally gets Sally's paint there, all over her trousers. And they drop paint on the floor and she shouts at them to get out. I'll be like, you stay and clean up, I'm getting out. <laughs> so that, that particular scene, I, I, I'm so conflicted. That's the last we see of Tommy. Yeah, I'm just really conflicted by that scene because in a way it was quite funny. And Tim, I've I've enjoyed Tim in this up. story. Yeah. But just... Being a good just friend the, the, is nice. The image of Tim squaring up to Tommy and Steve standing behind him is... <laughs> Like yeah, yeah you, you tell him Tim. This is I, he just he's not coming across to me as somebody who, who Steve. Okay. He's just not coming across to me as someone who's had his life literally turned upside down and torn apart. He's he's just like a kid. But the thing is, though, I guess I guess the argument would be well, not everybody like we've had so many affair storylines. Not everyone react can react in the same way. Some of the characters are more caricatures and there's a comedic edge. But my argument back would be these characters actually have more of a history than some of the other ones that we have seen break up recently. In fact, they've got the longest history of all the characters that have had affairs. Oh, yeah. Um, so really, they should be the ones where the stakes are the highest. That's exactly it. No, you're right. They, they should be the highest because they've been together the on longest. and off so long. 
Yeah, and um, and we know that they can do it. We we know that all these actors are capable of it. Whether whether or not they they want Steve to be a um, a comedy character or not, I don't know. But I will also add they that do. they haven't made this a comedy story either. No, like there were the scenes um, when the affairs first started between Tracy and Tommy that were really great, and they were out out of the back, and Tracy was bemoaning her sad, boring life, and it was it yeah, felt it was like good, pretty yeah. serious stuff. Yeah, but when Tracy, Tracy, sorry. And then Steve comes back from France and it all just goes to pot. But Tracy telling Steve, Ken and Amy about the fling in a really cold way, like she's like a Prozac housewife from 1960s or something with no emotions. What was that about? Is it supposed to be funny? Are we supposed to find it funny or not? Because it, it it wasn't either. It was just, it just, honestly... Sometimes you watch something on Quarry and you just go, I don't know what that was. I don't know what we're supposed to get out of it. I don't, I don't know, know whether what we're they supposed were to be sympathising with Tracy and going, often? oh, this poor, this poor woman, she's trapped in this loveless, boring marriage. Oh, God, yeah, what would you do? Though, would you try and escape? But I guess, I, I don't know if they're going to elaborate on this later or what, but like I said before, we've seen in a very emotionally literate Tracy and a, dealing with her feelings and opening up to her family because of Amy and Aaron's story last year. Mm. If we hadn't have had that, then maybe it wouldn't have been such a big, stark chasm between that and, and this Tracy, who is just buttoned up to the extreme. She can't even emote. And I know that Kate Ford's a brilliant actress. So so what happened? I don't know. What what were, what were they going for? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It just what, very very rarely do I go. I don't know what that was about, but it was odd. Yeah. Whereas whereas Tommy Orpington, honestly, on the other hand, has done a stunning job. Seems like a human playing being. the straight man yeah. throughout all of this. He's he's, done a he's good felt job he's done a very realistic portrayal of it's someone like who's caught knows. up in the middle of this affair and he was doing it as just a bit of fun and he. Yeah, he's it's been, like he knows he's in a soap opera. I don't know what these guys <laughs> think they're in. Anyway. Um, Steve admits to Tim in the pub he still loves Tracy and, and Ken overhears them and promises Steve he's not on his own. And then he takes Steve back to the house and they tell Tracy that she needs to move out and, and Amy's on, on their side too. Yet, yet again, somebody getting kicked out of their own home and in I can't Coronation remember Street. If it was this episode or the next episode where Tracy just seems baffled that, that Steve's not leaving and she has to go. Yeah, I can't remember. I just don't get it. Anyway, on Friday... For me, there was no emotional impact yeah, in Tracy being kicked out of her own home. She, was she going anywhere? I don't even know. And and I'm also thinking, well, she, she'll be back. Where's she going to go? I don't know. Yeah, it just really didn't feel real to me. Mm. On fr- Like, even when even when people are stupid and comedic in, in Corrie, at least it feels like... Even if I know, even if I know this, they're acting. It's like they're really acting sad, or they're really acting happy, or they're really acting stupid. And this, I was like, what is she acting like? I don't. What? Mm. Maybe, maybe I'm making a big deal out of this. But what does everyone else think? Did you find it weird? Did yes, you find not... Tracy's like really flat effect very odd? Is she? Has she got a brain tumor? <laughs> well, I'm being serious. It just felt. Like, if I was writing a character who was having a brain tumour, this is what I'd do. I hope that this Instead isn't going... Instead rejecting her. I hope this isn't a... Uh, Samir Tracy, speaking out from the beyond Tracy the Tracy has a depression storyline. I, I, don't, I don't need that. Give us more it's fiery, Tracy. that would make sense, though. <laughs> right, anyway, on Friday, uh, Tim and Kev warn Steve of the dangers of Eccle Cake binging because he's 
eating cakes and sad and they're like don't get don't go down that route mate it's the I'd just say don't eat Eccles cakes they're horrible uh, I don't know. There's a I bit of chocolate cake. fudge cake over there, Steve. Take that, man. It's just not. I like raisins. I had a nice music yesterday. Loads of raisins, and it. it was great. They, <laughs> they. Do you believe me? Yes, I believe you. Mm, <laughs> they start chatting about how Tommy maybe wasn't as great as they cracked him up to be, and Shana doesn't get it because she actually does have brain damage, and says <laughs> he was a total legend, and then she cottons on that. Funny, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's kind of funny. Later on. Kevin's found out that Tommy's been offered a coaching job in Spain that he's accepted and Steve doesn't know whether to tell Tracy or not that Tommy's gone to Spain but he does anyway he tells Tracy but Mary reveals that she's going out for a romantic meal and then he goes and tells Tim that he's going to let Tommy tell Tracy himself so was this not a Friday episode before was this supposed to be a different day of the week oh yeah I don't know because it doesn't feel like a Friday episode and maybe on Monday we'll see something more or Tracy will react to, to the fact that Tommy's going to Spain. Again, I wonder what the point of this is. <laughs> is are we just going to have Tracy maybe like getting angry at the fact that he's leaving her and then she's like, well, I'm going to stick with Steve then she's and then try and win him that's back. all neatly tied up together And in then the he end. won't have her back. Mm. She's going to have to prove herself. She's going to dress up like in a lion costume like Maria did. This, um, this reminds me a little bit of the Rover's return story where the Rover's closed because there were kind of some real deep financial issues that the pub was having and then kind of so it goes away for a bit and then the pub opens again and and we're just supposed to believe that all of those financial problems never existed no, and everything's great now and then is this what we're gonna 695 now i know but then we're gonna have the same with this that supposedly they've been having these marital issues for months that we've not seen any of of course and then they'll get back together and suddenly they'll be all fine again and they'll just put them in a box for another couple of years it feels like, you know, it's that, that that's where it's going. And I hope that there's more than that. But, oh, Is yeah. Is there more to life than this? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's not, not, not the best continuation of this story. But I will say that I was, I think, quite pleasantly surprised that, that Steve found out about the affair. Because I was expecting it to happen later. I, I honestly wonder whether this was going to be a long-running story for I the year. Tommy I wanted Tommy Owen it more. Why is he bugging off to Spain for? But he hasn't, because he's off with having dinner with Tracy, isn't it? Isn't he? At the but moment. is he not going to be in it next week? I don't know. I'm like, oh, he's gone to I Spain not, now. No. So, uh, yeah. How do you think that Tracy would react to finding that Tracy that, that Tommy's going? When she... I got the impression that she was saying that Tommy's not... Tommy's not the cause of my issue. He's like a symptom of the problem, which is that I don't love you anymore. I don't, I'm not in love with you. I don't want to be in this relationship. I don't want to be here. I'm bored of my life. I'm fed up with it. So it could have been Tommy. It could have been Tim. It could have been Adam. It could have been anybody. It could have been anybody. It could have been the dry man. Mm. You know, I think she was kind of saying it's not really about Tommy. It's, this relationship I can't deal with. So I don't know that she's going to be absolutely devastated. I think her nose might be put out of joint a little bit that she's not in a hot enough totty to stick about for. Mm. From that perspective, it would be quite humiliating to throw your life away for a guy and then have him <laughs> immediately move to a different country. wonder whether he'll invite Tracy to go to Spain with him. I think she should go and... I mean, uh, Cotty characters don't need much of an excuse to swan off for months to another country, that do they? That would actually be uh, probably a good solution. 
like for for a couple of months get get Tracy out the show and then and then have a come back it'll just be like Ryan going off with Crystal I though wouldn't so. it I guess so I just I just don't know what's going on it'd be a good way to put the story on the sidelines which they probably will to. want to do fairly yeah, soon yeah we know that's what's just depends happen. whether it all comes to a conclusion by the I'm time sorry that I'm not I know. I'm not like super booming love love everything this mm. episode <laughs> Well, I, I I just hope that when Tommy goes over to Spain, he doesn't have it off with Andy McDonald's uh, partner because or his donkey. Yeah, indeed. Um, okay, so um, if, if if we're missing anything here, or if you agree or disagree, what did you or whatever, think? Let, let Tracy us know. Fans, Are we being Steve too harsh fans, on this, Tommy O fans? I st- I'm still going to say Am I that, that I, I've on the whole enjoyed this story. Yes, I, that's true. Um, it, it's it's been more positive than negative. Mm-hmm. Um, I've liked that it's felt something fresh for 2024 because a lot of what we're getting in Corrie at the moment is still yeah. holdover from stories from last year. Like I said, the acid attack storyline has now been going for for nearly a year. The bullying story started last autumn. Um, there's the all the I suppose the the Damon and Harvey stuff that's new for twenty four as well. But yeah, this is this has kind of been something that's been a little fresh. Um, I mean, this story I just need to feel more emotional investment in it. This story feels to me like it's suffering from Titanic syndrome. Explain. Well, I mean, it was great, wasn't it? It was beautiful, great food, fun dance, dancing, having a good time, seeing the sights, nice yeah. wooden paneling. But all anyone could talk about is the fact it sank. <laughs> at the end yeah maybe it had a bad ending but why doesn't anyone talk about the days before that it sank and all the nice stuff they got up to and the fun Irish dancing down in the in the basement honestly I really the, for me the biggest triumph of this story is what they've done with Tommy Orpington who when they said he was coming back I was like really but I yeah I, you know, I'd happily keep him I, I, I'm really curious I'd like to I'd definitely swap him for some people well for sure for sure um, for example <laughs> no I'm not going to say everybody everyone in this Harvey Gaskell oh what a rascal story what about John Adam, hasn't done anything wrong oh no John I, Adam he's he's living up to his grumpy Scots persona this week isn't he he's in a, he's in a right cob on all week this week um, and so Monday's episode for this one was all re- re- revolved around this CCTV footage <laughs> that John this... decides to tell Adam. <laughs> oh yeah, that night that Natasha was being murdered, I distinctly remember. Why? Do you I remember went this? to the shop at that exact moment this was si- to buy a bar of chai. It was really, really nice. This is why <laughs> we moan about it, but Corrie shouldn't do murder mysteries. Like I want them to, but they. Maybe they shouldn't because this makes no sense at all. How does he remember that he was, what he was doing on a Wednesday? Was it a Wednesday? T- two and a half years uh, years ago, exactly, and what he bought and where he. Maybe like, he who keeps meticulous diaries. Who remembers this? Why did you sign up for to be an alibi for a murder? And then remember afterwards that you were doing something. Well, that's not and this the is end. what I said before. When, when when they first came up with the idea, I said, has he got an alibi? Does anybody know where he was at the time? They better He better have been completely alone. When Why didn't Adam think... I know that this is part of the story, though. I'm so sorry. The, the, it, it continues to not make sense. Because... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yes. Screen. I forgot. The bloody split <laughs> We were like, what's Come happening? On. What's happening Come now? On. Is this an episode of 24? What what were they doing? Split beep, screen. It's beep. so naff, isn't it? So I didn't, tacky. I didn't mind it like to the extent that you did. 
But I did think, why are we, why are we doing this? Kari has gone 63 years without needing to show split screen when someone's talking to someone else on the phone. It's... It's not good. But, like, it's I know I don't know who it was that directed this. <laughs> I probably don't know if I should really say this, but I just imagine them in the room, like going, "This is so cool. Look at this. I'm like, look at how cool this is." And then someone's like, going, "You know, they're going to moan about this online." And they're like, "I don't even care. I don't like care." Managed to find this a special cool. button for on it and his video editing software. I or... don't. The thing is, though, Michael, I don't care about it when it's another shows. So why am I complaining? It's not like it doesn't have precedent in Cory even. And I'm sure they have works. done split screen in Corrie Yes, before. they have. Of course, they have. We've moaned about it, but like in a in a try in a, a crime drama or something, I'll be like, ooh. I suppose what they're trying to do is make us forget the fact that Adam seems to be on the phone to Harvey every single bloody episode, and this one it's like, ah, but in this episode he's on a split screen phone call, and next week maybe he'll have a phone call when he's on the top of the screen and Harvey is on the bottom of the screen. I don't. Know. It's like Mean Girls. It's, it feel they're just, they're, they're repeating, repeating. Uh, Don't get mad about it. They did it. It's okay. <sighs> just let them do anyway, stuff. It's okay. It's okay. So Adam has found out <laughs> that not only was John buying his favourite chocolate bar from the shop on know, the night that one. Natasha Blankman was shot. I just had an What do you reckon it, it was? Uh, I reckon it was a Yorkie. I reckon it was a Yorkie. I refuse to buy Yorkies. I never buy a Yorkie again in my life. <laughs> um, anyway, sadly for them, such a such an <laughs> unfortunate coincidence. John's on the shop CCTV that what? night because it was the night of the storm. The remember storm. the yeah. big Coronation the Street storm? Yeah, the Stinkhole yeah. Storm, and they can't get rid of this CCTV <laughs> footage for insurance. Why is the show... Two and a half years later, again, they haven't sorted out on, their again, insurance. Again, though, I just imagine them in the writer's room going, right, how do we explain why this is going to be a problem? And they're like, what What if... Well, there was a storm that night, wasn't there? What if the CCTV footage has been as being kept because of insurance reasons? Because I had a thing where my insurance, blah, 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 and they told me this, this, and this. And then someone went, you know that they're not going to buy this, don't you? They're going to moan about this online and they're just not going to let this go. And they went, well, screw them. We'll just do it anyway. Like, what, what are we... <laughs> and and so he Maybe goes... you do have to keep stuff for two and a half years for insurance reasons. I don't know. My, I've never had a storm in my corner shop before. He, he goes there. We don't see any of this, of course, but we do see him coming back with with this dodgy envelope of CCTV footage in. So I don't know, he's obviously <laughs> used like... this seduction techniques to, to get yeah, hold of this. Yeah, how did he get this? Well, maybe we're going to find out. And I then don't D- think we will. I think. He, I mean, I suppose he's saying, oh, I represent Harvey Gaskell. He's, uh, he's gone down for a crime he didn't come in. I think that you might have crucial evidence. But my... Do you remember a bald man coming to get a chocolate bar from your shop? <laughs> yeah, yes, I remember I exactly yeah, I what that this. bald man looked like. I watch this every night because it's my CCTV <laughs> footage from the night of the big storm. <laughs> He, he he gets it and he he has it down there in his office and Dee Dee catches him with it and he says, oh, I'm just getting rid of some old stuff. And then by the end of the episode, he phones up Harvey again. He's missed. Do you think he's like, oh, I missed you. I, could, I was going to phone you tomorrow, but I just... I, I I couldn't I couldn't bear to not talk to you Harvey. again this evening. How you doing? What you been up to today, Harvey? He's like, well, we had beans for lunch, which I don't like. Beans so I... for tea. We've got beans <laughs> for breakfast. Uh yeah, what I just... don't, what I don't get right is John's, John's gone. Oh yeah, I've got, I've got CCD. I'm on CCTV. Like, all right. Well, don't tell anybody. 
No one's going to look. No one's going to see. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. No one knows that you went to chocolate get a chocolate bar because that. Yeah, it's, it's John, John's going to go down for this, and the and the shopkeeper will be like, "I never saw chocolate bar." I remember that man from he that night. He can't have done it because I, I sold the only whisper I've sold the whole year to that man. In fact, he was our thousandth You're customer. Right, that I didn't even think about he that. Were, if he, why does he remember? No one would have known. Nobody would have double checked it. The police, do they really investigate to prove you didn't do something? I don't know. Is it, uh, any, anyone... Yeah, you're, This that, isn't that, a crime podcast is it this isn't a crime anytime anyone confesses anything to the police they say right we just need to do a we quick cctv every for, single yeah shop. every single shop in the area just to make sure you're not you're not telling porky pies and you're actually completely innocent also does he not have a job a job well, wasn't he at his job well it was evening wasn't it i don't know of course it was natasha was dressed up as a mortician for the halloween thing and I, you, I, I did, all right i it, didn't know what, what time of the it day. was it was Somewhat contrived. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, but look, luckily later on at the end of the episode, Adam has got rid of this. See, see I, I don't. What about did, the insurance? We, I don't know whether I missed this. Is did this we? Not, do we know how he got rid of it and what well, excuse he's giving the to bin. the shop? Is this not going to make it more obvious that John was there? Because the the, the, the shop man's going to be like, where the hell does that Scottish guy take my tape to? Oh yeah, a guy came in because his client was buying a chocolate bar. And he said he had to take my tape. I want it back. Should have probably should have taken his details and his it's phone like, number because I've not heard from him by I enough. gave him it, but luckily I've got a copy because why would I be stupid enough to give him the only one when the insurance company told me I had to keep a copy of it at all times? Well, there's, yeah, is it not digital? <laughs> I don't know. No, no, it is it not sense. on his hard drive or something? <laughs> look, or has look, he got a little old-fashioned old film reel that he has to load into the projector? <laughs> He's like... <laughs> gets Adam the, gets the, uh, the the sheet out, attaches it to the in front of the cereal aisle. Yeah, and Adam's there. He goes back. And says, oh, really? Sorry, the tape got twisted. <laughs> I kind of do nothing about it. <laughs> Look, the the main point, I guess, is that a spanner was thrown in the works to give us some action for an episode, and Adam has now done something else bad. He's done more. He? He's yeah. And Dee Dee's seen something that she shouldn't have seen because she's seen this and she saw the date and she noted the date and at the end of the week she recalls the date when it's said to her again yes so at the end of the week she's on to hit on to the, on the case and it's because of what happened on on monday but i mean god knows how any you know how else would you solve this problem i don't know Sometimes it's very easy to criticise, but how would you have written this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, very, it's very easy to criticise. You're right. It's very I, easy to criticise. It's so cranky today. <laughs> so next morning, Adam gets a text from Harvey going, Hi, Adam. Been thinking about you like, all night. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you. You're not giving me my morning phone call, Adam. What's up with you? Do you what still did you love dream me? about? Did you dream about me? <laughs> I dreamed about you. I don't we were eating beans together. <laughs> no, he says, any progress, don't make me wait. So he's right, like, first right, of all, okay. use proper question mark. Hmm? Use a question yes, mark. Yes, he didn't use a Harvey. question mark in his text message, but he is a criminal. If he's only you had crimes against school, punctuation. Maybe you wouldn't be a criminal. Maybe you'd be a lawyer like me. Mm. So he, um, I can have spaghetti hoops if I want. I don't have to I just have beans. He, 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 he's, he's, he's not happy. So, um, meanwhile, over at the bistro, 
I think it was a detective. I don't know, because it wasn't Swain, who seems to be the only one that's working in Weatherfield at the moment, but somebody or other comes in, caseworker, I don't know, and tells Leanne and Nick that someone has come forward and confessed to Natasha's murder, and now Harvey's planning an appeal. Crikey, says those two. That don't make sense. It was definitely Harvey that done it, wasn't it? And um, they tell Damon and Sarah about this, and Damon immediately twigs that Harvey must have put this guy up to it, whoever did this John bloke up to it. So he phones up Harvey, and Harvey's like, oh, what was I the Adam? Was Adam. What was Adam? I've written a little poem. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> um, Har- Damon's like, have you been eating beans? He's like, no, <laughs> have not. Peas, actually. Damon says, look, um, what were you playing at? I told Sarah by the way, that I'm not getting involved in anything dodgy. So if you're planning to come out and and, and start up your criminal lifestyle again, where well, you can count me out. Hmm. So that's, uh, that's it with that. We also get a couple of scenes with Sam, who's pretty chill about the fact that Harvey's going to up for appeal because he said, oh, well, I've been doing the research, actually, and I find out that most appeals don't go through, so everything's absolutely fine. This, this, appeal, this appeal's going to work, isn't it? Harvey's getting out. Yeah, of course he is. He's going to be doing a bit of bit of BGT week meddling. It really feels like it. I really liked it when Adam was telling him on the phone about the great storm and uh, the fact that the CCTV footage had been kept for insurance purposes. And Harvey was like, of course I remember the storm. I was out in it. Oh, yeah, he did, doesn't he? You weren't. You weren't. You were standing in front of a, of a <laughs> rainfall effect, <laughs> as we all know. That was, that was a quite a fun... I think that was bait. Quite a fun throwback, that was. Yeah, you're right. Um, so Friday's episode then. Nick's still a bit concerned about this whole affair and wants to talk to Dee Dee about is there a chance that Harvey's going to get out here? And she says, look, don't don't fret. I'll come over to the bistro later. You can fill me in on the deets and I will tell you. She's doing a lot of pro bono stuff this today. Dee Dee's all over the place. She's had a very busy week, has Miss Bailey. Don't know what Ed's been up to, mind you. She, she's really, you know, taken on for the whole of the, the number three posse. I don't know when they talk to everybody. Dee Dee talks, is it Alia, about... That's, Emily. that's the other story. Oh, okay, all right. That's the it. Joel story. She's it. in two stories this week, Dee Dee. Can you believe it? So she's also chatting with divorce papers with Sarah, who's a bit hesitant about it. And again, I'm thinking, oh, I think maybe at this point we're supposed to say, no, no, Sarah, don't sign the divorce papers. You'll regret it. Adam's the love of your life. But in the in real, I was just saying, whatever. Divorce him. Don't divorce him. What does it matter? Who um, gets the... Who get what is there? I don't know. It's the flat that is the main There's lots of Swiss thing. furniture in there. Who gets the kid? Who gets the pole? <laughs> the giant, yeah, they're like the giant pole holding the ceiling up. The column. Dee Dee goes to see Nick later and she's like, right, tell me everything about this Harvey conviction. And he says, well, this has happened. Blah, 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 blah. blah. It was a five episode week. It was <laughs> big, big it effects. Was a big deal. It was, really you wouldn't was. Know. Yeah, we, uh, we, had, we had green screen. We had. We had car stunts we had Corey falling down a hole we had poor old Johnny remember him drowned um anyway it was on the 18th of October 2021 and she's like I recognise that date throwback and uh, she's twigged, basically, that Adam's working on Harvey's case. He goes over to the lawyer's office and says are you working on Harvey's appeal and um yes clearly 
he yes. says yes. We don't see him say yes, but the next scene, she's like, what the hell are you doing? What if you get struck off, you naughty lawyer, you? I just end up like Todd. I'm going to I'm gonna go and tell on you. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, what about that insider trading? So he's got dirt on the Baileys, and he's not, a fa- he's not afraid to blow them all out of the water if she blabs about him. I was trying to write a tweet at this time, and I didn't really catch this, but it sounded like Adam was... Did Adam go... Insider trading, is it illegal or not? Who knows? <laughs> Did he say something like that? Mm. Or was it my head? I, I, maybe you made that up. I don't know. <laughs> She's um, like, I don't, I don't really... He's like, I don't really know about insider trading, but I do know you don't want everyone to know about it. So, sh- so you know, that's quite That's quite convenient that he knows about that, isn't it? She's like, fine, I'll keep it quiet. But our friendship is over. Another breakup. Which, who, who even are you, Adam? He's always been like this. Not when he first came into it. Well, what do you mean? For the past few years, he's just been a a cranky old coot. He is so cranky. And... If he wasn't young and handsome, he would be one of the most unpopular characters. Are we supposed to be rooting for him, though? Because... He's trying to get his girl back. No, but listen... Have I not been banging on about this for, for, for years, going, we need antagonists, we need people on the street that you don't like, you do things that they shouldn't do... Adam's the nearest thing we got to. To have moment. someone like that, you need to be charming. And at the moment, I'm I'm not being charmed well, by I Adam because he's just a grump. Ignoring how sexy he is, his... you don't need to be charming when you're you've got hair like that. Oh, I I, I know. There's been comments about his hair. I quite internet. like his hair like that. I know. I know there are comments, but I just say, when you're a man, you don't know how long you got it for, so flaunt it while you got I it. I couldn't do that with my hair. That's all I'm saying. I say, go for it. Um, so she she's she's keeping quiet about her secrets. So I'm sure they will both be blown out at some point. Um, anyway, Adam gets chatting with Sarah in the pub later, while Sarah tries to sidle over to him and say, "Oh, I've been getting divorced papers," but he's like, "I'm not I'm not interested. Don't want to talk leave about this for now. I'm a grumpy Scott. Just leave me to Stop. my leave me to my whiskey." And he's like, um, "Yeah, go away." With no e. Um, later on, Adam finishes the week by you guessed it. Talking to Adam on the phone. No, had Harvey. Adam and Harvey yeah. Darn it. So, how's your week been, Harvey? Harvey, I love you. 29th of February, eh? Yeah. Um, um, he's said he's fed up of jumping through all these hoops when Damon is still walking about unscathed, and Harvey's like, don't worry, the disappearing act is coming. Um, I've I've got the exclusive poem that Harvey's written for Adam that I'd like you to read oh, out. I can see you've got chat GPT open. This Go is on. the poem that, that I want you to read out. You want me to read yeah. it? Yeah. There once was a lawyer named Adam whose kilt, whose kilt was his legal chasm. In court, he danced a jig with a briefcase so big his clients thought he was quite mad him. Thank you. Oh, well, fantastic AI. It's going to be little a, does taking everybody over the know, arts. Little does Adam realise that Harvey is not in prison for for murder. He's in prison for bad poetry, <laughs> and he will never um, be allowed out. Is this, is this a clue that 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 Harvey's attack on Damon is imminent? Are we gonna, you know, we not got long to wait now until the the prophesied bumping off of Mister Hay, as has been foretold, will come to pass. I hope so, because it feels like it's been hanging over us for far too long. Well. Do you think he's going to actually kill him? Is he going to run him out of town? I don't know. He said, he has said before that he needs a bit (laughs) more solid evidence that he's getting out. And if he gets rid of Damon, what's to stop Adam just saying, 
not interested in you anymore. Is it because but Harvey knows that the... Adam's done all this dodgy stuff? Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's got blackmail on him now, and also he's he's done half the work himself. So mm. what's the point of Adam? What is the point of Adam? That is very true. Um, and <laughs> oh gosh, I just didn't. I, I just Listen, not... right? Okay, I'll, I've got to defend Corey here because. Like, there is no story they've ever done ever in the whole history of the show where if they got a panel of people and they said, does everyone like this story? Or do you think it makes sense? There's no way every person would go, yeah, that's cool. There's always something to moan about because that's the nature of the show. Like, the podcast that we do <laughs> is almost always going to be critical, which, you know, makes me feel bad. It was great last week. It's not... It's just... It's just funny I'm, to, I'm still, to point stuff out. I still just want to... <laughs> I want it. It's just not for me. There are That's probably okay. people out there that are listening to this right now that are saying this Harvey and Adam story is bloody brilliant. Yeah, good. I'm really glad if that's you. I'm glad if you the story like is, it. I I don't like these gangstery stories. I don't like all this prison. I don't stuff. like drug stuff. I don't like. It. I don't like the 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 relationship. But there's probably lots of people that do and are loving the, the Daisy and Daniel and, and Ryan shenanigans. I want to know what's going on in... What? the What's that magazine that Brent, Brendan, Brian, Brent... The Unexpected, Unexplained. Unexplicable. Un, unex, inexplicable magazine. I want to read that. I want them to... I want Bethany to write for them. <laughs> I want Bethany to do an expose about all the crimes and the murders and the ghosts on Coronation Street. I bet you could. If easy, easy, I'll do it for you. Right, leave me alone, Gemma. What's been going on with the old bullying story this week? On Thursday. Thursday, Dylan's going back to school because that's the best time to start, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, start on Thursday because then you've only they've got two a, days to They've go. had inset, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They've got a lot of training Pictures to like, do. like, we know everything now. <laughs> we know how to stop bullying. Sean says, well, I'm glad you confessed. You've got to take your punishment. You've got to go and tell the full story to Mrs. Crawshaw. And he gets a message from Mason going, don't tell the full story to Mrs. Crawshaw. So he's like, oh, dilemma. So they have a meeting and Mrs. Crawshaw says, oh dear, is this, was it all you? And he's like, hmm, yeah, yes it was. She sees the messages, doesn't she? <laughs> and she's like, bloody hell, you've been saying, saying all this. She's like, "These are some of these are homophobic. So... Because we, we learn, or maybe we knew already, I don't know, that somebody, who could it be, has been setting up a load of fake accounts just to purposefully bully that. him and, and Dylan's got no choice but to say, yes, it does. was me. So Sean and Mrs. Crawshaw say, right, uh, was it was it Mason? But he won't, so she says, you're suspended. I really feel for, bo- for both of the adults here because they both know it's Mason. I think finally the... The blinkers are off, even for Crawshaw. And she knows that Mason is a nasty piece of work, but she has got nothing on him. I mean, I'd be tailing him down the corridors because he's always up to some what dodgy stuff. What powers do you have as a teacher? Like, can you confiscate their phone? You're not the police, are you? You can't do a criminal investigation. You can confiscate phones if... Yeah, you... but can you? Yeah, I think you, if you the, can. If the parent says no, give it back. No, are I you think allowed you, I, to... I think, I think schools have got... I've just been reading recently about um, mobile phones in secondary schools and should they be banned and and all that. I mean, we don't have that in primary particularly. There's not, although it's It's more and more children are getting mobile. It's a talking point in this country that secondary school, there's an issue with mobile phones. Yeah, and and I believe 
teachers are allowed to confiscate phones if they're breaking a school rule. So if a kid's got their mobile out in a lesson, a teacher is allowed to confiscate it and even keep it overnight, I think. And yeah. they are legally protected to do so. Yeah. So what Orla needs to do is to bait Mason into getting his phone out in a lesson. No. And then taking it from him. My point is, are getting, they... Al- and guessing the password in three guesses. Yeah, are they allowed to go on their phone? And I'm going to say they're probably not. Oh, no, they're not allowed to do That's that. That's my point. No. So they can't do... What can they do? Or anyway. maybe, maybe just, for, you know, for pure coincidence, a message will come up on Mason's yeah. phone that gives on, it all away. On or maybe, phone. Oh, yeah, Mason maybe. Go, don't, don't tell everyone it was me what done it. Or maybe he's, maybe he's just got the, um, the, the, the picture of him throwing rubbish at, uh, yeah. Dylan, at Liam and getting his knife out at him as yeah. a screensaver. That would be a mistake, but. Wallpaper, I mean. Hmm. Anyway, Dylan gets suspended. Oh. Mason's very clever. If you if you've noticed that he doesn't ever say anything directly in a message that would incriminate him. Is he not? No. I've not been paying attention. Yeah, he's quite smart. He's like a criminal genius. Back at home later, Sean has it out with Dylan about not telling anyone about uh Mason. <laughs> and then uh he says, Here's Mr. Penn and Mrs. Paper, they'll be spending a lot of time with you. See, I would have years. thought that Sean would have introduced him to Mr. Pen and Mr. Paper. What about Mrs. Surprisingly Paper? heteronormative of you, Sean. And Mrs. Pen. <laughs> yeah. What about Mix Pen and Mix Paper? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Ms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Mr. Pen Paper and Mrs. Paper Pen? Because they anyway, hyphenated their surnames. Basically. <laughs> Although he he relents very very quickly, doesn't he? Because Dylan's like, no, I can't. I can't I'm, use a pen and paper. This is twenty twenty four. I can't work on pen and paper. Yeah. He's like, here's a pen, here's a paper, and here's an encyclopedia, and I'll learn things. I can almost imagine Dylan like not knowing how this pen works and <laughs> holding like, it upside down. Yeah, just bashing the paper to try. Or like, and get it or like to pressing work. really hard and then holding it up to the light, hoping that it makes an impression. Anyway, so he's allowed the laptop now. What mischief could he get up to on that? But what do you do? What do you do with a child that's in trouble and is not supposed to, but needs the internet? What do you do? I suppose you can have parental controls, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Sean says, I'm going to figure out how the parental controls work. And, and Dylan's like, whatever, there are still naked people on Wikipedia. <laughs> right, Friday. Maria is summoned to the school, but she tells Gary that maybe it's time for Liam to go to another one. And Gary w- worries that the school's going to start to find them for absence, so she's like, I don't even care about that. They, that was in the news this week. I know, week. They've, they've, they've raised the amount that schools are allowed to find um, yep. parents for taking their pounds. children and authorise that at school, yeah. It's, it's £80 for, 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 for it, isn't it? It's not like £80 a day. I think so. I, d- I don't know. I, d- I still think it's fairly rare that schools do it but it, it happens I what boggles my mind is that people never stop to think like maybe teachers would also like to have nice cheap holidays and maybe they're not the people that are going to be sympathetic to you saying that you want to go to Ibiza <laughs> for £40 <laughs> quite we will never get to go on holiday cheap ever we don't get to go anywhere because we can't <laughs> afford it so I'm not sympathetic at all I'm afraid just wait 18 years but Liam's not on holidays having a very tragic time isn't he Liam is very sad yeah. yes um, yeah, I don't. I don't think you should find kids for not going to school because they're being bullied. That's, no, a bit that's not insane, fair, isn't it? <laughs> right. So, um, I don't mean it. Maria has chosen to take him out, hasn't she? I'm but not getting she, involved in this. I don't have children. It depends it. whether she she wants to say. If she's saying I am officially um, off rolling him and I'm going to homeschool him, then I don't think she's done that. No, though. she's not done that. This also, we've got to remember, this is also not supposed to be a story about the actual mechanics of how 
schools work in England, no. is it? But yeah, the only the only thing I have to say about it is that I'm jealous of people that get to go on cheap holidays. It drives me mad. Hmm. So, but that's just me being a horrible, evil, selfish cow. I still wonder how, if you've got a child working from home. Yes, it is still. It depends know. on how your parents deal with it because Sean's just like Sean is saying, "Do you work? Do you work?" But it's impossible as a teacher to set work for children that's going to take up as much work as it would take at home. Well, it wouldn't. At school, sorry. It wouldn't ever take as much time because you're. They're not listening to the, the huge input and and, and whatever, and, and there's there's so much. Well, everybody knows this from working from home at your work. You don't. Your work can be done in a less amount of time when you're doing it by yourself because you're not having meetings, you're not going to make a cup of tea and talking to Janet about whatever the hell she's got mm. up to the weekend. Well, and also with when we had the homeschool during lockdown, we, we set, you know, the same roughly number of lessons worth of work, but you get it done really quickly. So Dylan is... Are you just saying that you're time on his an inefficient waste of time Fair, and yeah, taxpayer so. money? No, we, we have personal discussions about well i think we're all realizing the value the value of our education system considering the amount of disruption it's caused to children's development yes not having been in school and mm. how awful it's seeming to have had a bad effect on mental health for kids so let's keep teachers in school but maybe they get two weeks off during term time to go on holidays with their wives maybe <laughs> just suggesting <laughs> Right, so um, she's telling Gary that we've got to both keep an eye on um, on Liam, and he's saying maybe well, we need to. She's been doing this for, maybe for a few weeks now. You need to she? stop doing it. She says, "No, you need to help me," because she's still paranoid. Oh, of course, she would be paranoid. Yeah. It's not paranoia, I guess. So, well, not if he's threatened it. Alone in the house, Dylan gets his phone out and he sees Mason's left him a voice note, hides it when Sean comes down, and he plays the message when he leaves again and says, "Look, you owe me one." That's what Mason says. Maria, here's Gary on the phone later. Liam's Yeah, not. no, he says it in a nice way, doesn't he? He's like... What? Yeah, he, you, you oh. just kind of did your mean Mason voice there. He's like, he's cheers. Like, he's like, cheers, mate, for keeping for my name out of it. Yeah, yeah he, he's rewarding his lackey for his tight lips. Yes. Maria hears from Gary over the phone later. Liam's not very well. Sean comes by and tells her that Dylan's been suspended and she's glad... And Sean says Mason's the puppet master and Dylan won't say anything about it. And he's too scared. And, and Maria's like, not as scared as Liam is. And then she says that if Dylan's protecting Mason, then Dylan's just as bad. And uh, Sean's like, but he's a good lad. And she's like, no. Well, yeah, quite. And Sean says, you wouldn't think that if you watched the episode on tw- uh, 29 of February when they took him away from me and know how sad I was then. You need oh, yeah, to listen to the Patreon episode of Conversation Street to truly understand the bonds that Dylan and I have. Do you think that there's like supposed to be a link between the fact that D- Liam had a puppet and now Mason, no. as they're saying, is the puppet master? Yeah, who's the real puppet here? Mm. <laughs> Well, one of them's Pinocchio. That, I tell you that for nothing. Um, yeah, this 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 bullying storyline, even though it went over two days, it felt like it was kind of on the back burner a bit. Like they had to have these scenes because they had to have Liam going back to school. Um, I, I'm hoping to see. I I, I kind of miss well, Liam's Mason. Liam's not gone to school. It's Dylan. Dylan, sorry. Yeah, I I miss Mason when he's not in it. It's not the same when he's just sending threatening text messages. But also, yeah, yeah I know. I, I want to know, what do people think who have kids in school? If you've been bullied or if you've had experience of your kid being bullied or... What do you think of this story? 
What do you? Th- how do you think it's going? Do you think it's being sympathetic? Are you frustrated? Do you feel like is the school being shown in a good light, bad light? Do you feel as though they're tr- giving too much leeway to people? I'm interested. I'm interested to know you because I know some people have said that they've got really personal experiences with this. Well, do you think it's going to happen now with this? It's, but also, it's... don't write in if it's too sad for you to, because I know that some very some it's very very affecting for some people. So please don't, please do... don't give yourself. Are we just sad waiting times? for for Mason's slip up? Do you, do you see an end in sight for this? Are we nearly there? It feels like they're. It's not like they're setting the cards up ready to fall, but there's. I'm feeling there's only so much more that can happen here. It's just the final, the final piece needs to be taken on the chessboard or whatever. I don't know what analogy I'm making here. And, the, and then it's Mason, and then everything will be okay. And Dylan and Liam will say, "What about oh, all his other lackeys? They all got away with it, haven't they? They've, he had a bunch of little scallywags helping him out. Wherever all they scuttled off to? Well, they've also been groomed by him." I know, but why? How, why too. is Dylan taking it all on the chin? Because he's a main character. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, um, what that's, brief you, romance? You were asking about Dee Dee earlier, weren't you? And what was going on with her and Joel and Emily? Okay. Were... Conspiracy theory. Are you guys ready for this? My bombshell for you. Emily is not really Joel's ex-wife. I was wondering that myself as well, but I didn't say anything last week. Like if we're, if we're suggesting that possibly Joel is involved in stealing um, Lauren away, stealing Lauren, yes, because women are property. Is is Emily <laughs> to Joel? What is she? The same as say Shona was yeah. to to Nathan, or there was somebody else, wasn't it? Mel was yeah, it? Yeah, Mel, the other woman? evil Mel. The, yeah, the nail technician. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I wonder. Well, tell me I what wonder. happened. No, it was your turn, isn't it? Or is it mine? Is it mine? Oh, I'm doing this, am I? Right, so, um, yeah, Dee Dee's still kind of in the doldrums after Joel's um, massive bombshell piece, last week. Yeah, yeah. I'd be sad too if I didn't have um, red sores hanging around. She's just very prickly on the phone to people. She's she thinks she's on the phone to this guy who she thinks is mansplaining to her, and she's like, <laughs> I don't need a man. I'm a strong, independent woman. Screw you, David culture. Attenborough. I don't care about the turtles. <laughs> Um, so Emily pops over to see <laughs> Dee Dee later and she's understandably short with this woman and says, look, you're just in cahoots with Joel. I'm not, I don't need to talk to you. And Emily yeah. says, no, we've been separated for over a year and deep down Joel's, Joel's a good guy. Don't give up on him. We this was weird. What? This was weird, this conversation. The fact that they're trying to... Why, right, what, okay. what benefit does Emily have? What does to she get and... out of this? And also, she didn't. She didn't address any of the things that that Joel's done wrong. That that Dee Dee would actually be mad about. She just says he's a good guy. She doesn't say you should forgive him for cheating. She doesn't say it's okay. I don't mind the fact that he walked out on me when I was six months pregnant. Mm. He, she doesn't say oh he's a really good dad, but um, I think we both want our own lives. She doesn't say anything logical. Or, or or anything that would actually make Dee Dee think it makes sense you came to me about this. Mm. Like, she doesn't say, listen, Joel's been just bummed out. He's not looking after the kid. I think he really loves you. I've never seen him like this. I think you should take him back. She's just come along and said, I respect this man so much that I think I want to protect his love life. 
after being separated for a year with a man that cheated on you when you were pregnant, would you be quite so altruistic? Yeah, she's being she's quite... She's bonkers, this mm. woman. If, if she isn't in cahoots or I some really hope that there fake... is something. I hope there's something. If it's she's also... not, it's, she's badly written as a character. There's also, like, at the end of the episode, Joel comes and finds Dee Dee and says, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry for Emily visiting. That must yeah, have made things awkward she... for you. Why does... I'll stay out of your way from now on. Is why... he doing this to try and make her kind of crave him? No, how does he know that Emily went to see her? Well, they seem very buddy-buddy, don't well, they? I, I, that's a warning side. Cars. If I'm Dee Dee, I'm like, these people are too close to each other. They're in each other's pockets. I do not want anything to do with this relationship. That doesn't make any sense. But if she is actually a stooge, he would know that she's gone. Mm. Yeah. And what did she do? Did If Emily's really his ex-wife, she went off, right, without telling Joel, she went off to Dee Dee and went, look, I know he's an asshole, but he's your asshole now, so you got to deal with him and wipe him when he needs it. Then came back and went, Joel, don't worry, I've sorted it out. Mm. And he went, oh no, I've got to tell Dee Dee I'm sorry, and I never told her to tell you anything. Yeah. None of it makes sense, it's not how human beings act. Maybe there is more to come. Chat GTP. Um, we just get a few PT. scenes of... Um, <laughs> DD living it up, living it large with Alia and Toya and the Bistro on Wednesday, of the don't self, we? What is it? I don't know. The furrows. I don't know what you're talking about. Furrows. They have some lovely pink drinks, and Alia has a pink lemonade, doesn't she? Because Sarah Khan is pregnant. She's also a Muslim. Also a Muslim, yes. She doesn't drink. She has not drank for a while now. Um, they they all just raise a toast to being able to plough their own furrows, That's what as Toya said. said. The sisterhood of the self-ploughed furrows. Oh, well, there we go. And Toya's like, oh, that sounds a bit rude. Um, that was quite endearing. I quite, I quite also, like. If I was Didi, I'd be like, sorry guys, but you're the most boring two people to have a drink with. I'm going. I'd rather yeah. talk to Emily about an ex-husband. <laughs> um, we we also get that little bit about Toya saying how hunky Steve McDonald used to be, which is kind of a funny throwback. And they uh, they put a photo of 1997 Steve, I think, on the uh, Corrie social media. It's like, it's so no need, there's no need for this. Bit harsh, bit harsh on poor Simon Gregson, but it's true. I, I thought... I'm I did, sorry, I didn't can I just say? I'm sorry. That's just me zipping up the sofa. Okay, okay. I did make a noise just a minute ago, and it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. just want to be clear. Um... I thought, I, I didn't rewatch the scene, but it seemed like Toya said when the McDonald's first arrived, they were so hunky, but that wouldn't make sense because McDonald's came in 1989, which was eight years before the Battersby's arrived. I know, but I think but I that think Toya Steve, used to read Heat magazine. Do you reckon? I think, I think that Steve was definitely still in his hunky phase in 1997 anyway. I don't know whether they ever had a thing. Did she, did she go I with Andy? I know that she did with Tyrone, but I don't know about... I can't remember. Really not sure. But anyway, I thought that was quite funny. It, it it makes me wonder though, you know, is there a possibility that Toya and Steve are going to end up together? Because, no. you know, but it, she's, she's ever so slightly oh, no. involved in this Tommy O storyline, isn't she? So maybe, oh, you know, Toya is fancy and Tommy, he's rebuffed her, but then what if she goes to Steve? I just, no. I cannot see. Please Apart from somebody... Uh, you know, in the in the upstairs of Coronation Street <laughs> saying, oh, I don't know, put these two together. There is absolutely nothing of value or interest about Steve to Toya. She would not. Listen, but I it feel, doesn't mean that they're not going to go there. I feel like I besmirched Tommy Orpington upon his first appearance when I said that I think that he is not the intellectual equal of Toya, Bat- Toya Habib, sorry. 
I take that back. I think that he's actually quite a thoughtful and interesting guy. Yes, yeah, so I think those two could he's make it. far more intelligent and interesting I, um, than Steve I would McDonald's. be so for <laughs> Toya and Tommy, apart from apart from the fact that I wouldn't trust that he wouldn't be having it off with somebody else. Oh, I don't know what to do with Toya. I really don't know what to do with Toya. I, I've got I, somebody I'm, come up with something. Please, please. please. Um, anyway, so there we go. That was that story. Bit of trivia of the week, which they uh, oh, they put me. about on Digital Spy and everywhere. The actress who plays Emily, Eleanor Vincent, was also on EastEnders on Monday, so she was on the BBC and ITV soap on the same night. So she's playing um, she's playing a character called Fern in EastEnders. Do you think that's the first time it's ever happened? I don't know. It's entirely possible because it it's be. not very usual to have two somebody in the same safe at the same time no it's not I mean I guess how did she do it did she although is, really is, that a spo- is that a spoiler does that tell us that, that Emily isn't long for Coronation Street I'm not or sure or long for EastEnders we don't know what she what Fern's getting up to no we don't we don't um, right yeah if something's up with Emily or if not she's like an alien yeah. and it could well be tied suit. into our next story Gemma the Bolton Wanderer story What's gone on with that? Just a bit on Monday. Lauren's still gone. Yeah. If you want to know who could have done it, go to our shorts on YouTube Mm -hmm. for all the suspects. Yeah. Um, Bobby and Max are still trying to figure out when they saw her last. Um, And Bobby goes to the police station and tells Craig about the fact she's disappeared. And Craig thinks it's not really a big deal. But then he hears that she had bruises. So he goes to investigate. Craig's investigating. Craig's investigating. Was it, was it Roy who says to tell somebody or other that all oh, the police were around later? Well, Craig. Even, <laughs> even you got Roy. Straight Just as you like Roy. The, throwing shade uh, at PC Tinks. police force. <laughs> so he goes, to, he goes to the cafe and Roy tells him about having to fire... Um, Lauren, because Bethany said that she was snooping in her bag. And he doesn't want to say this, but he, he forces that out. Craig's such a great detective, forces it out of him. And he tells um, Craig that Lauren said she was planning to move away. And Max is listening in on this. Then Roy goes to Carla's flat and tells her and Bobby about the fact that the police had come to see, to see him. And Craig, Carla doesn't think it sounds like a big deal. Lauren's clearly gone like she said she would, but Bobby's not so sure mm. because he thought he was in the pants. Yes, he did. Um, and, and nothing else happened. Are we supposed to bo- think that, that Bobby's some kind of like heroic, kind of lovesick puppy and not just a pervert who thought he was going to be yeah, in, he's on, changed. In, in on uh, a yeah. whatever? Um, that, that story dropped off a cliff. Like... The hardcore Lauren fans this week are like, what next? Where is she? Why does nobody care about her this anymore? This is such a weird way to launch what I have. The, I mean, I don't At the think moment, it's... it's kind of a, is she missing storyline? Not where is she? It's like, is she missing or might she be back now? <sighs> I don't think she is back. But... I get the impression that this is not going to be solved soon, which makes me boggle at why it's going off to such a slow start but I guess Lauren is definitely the sort of person that you would expect to go missing I mean the missing people generally have a type no I mean she's flaky like when I think of her I think of somebody I know in real life who's very much like this and I just know they disappear all the time and then come back and you just know that they're Mm. they're just flaky and they're unreliable and I'm not trying to be mean I'm just saying that some people just do not have the same 
expectations on when you should be be in your house and at work as other people do. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe next week they'll start to realise mm, something's fishy but here. But I also just want to point out too that this is very much what you talk about in true crime where you have like the lesser dead or like victim like a certain profile of victims that get completely overlooked by the police because. You know, she, technically, she's a sex worker. She goes on overs and she sells videos of herself. She go, she's. We're assuming that she's going on paid dates and she's escorting. Mm. There's the insinuation that she's going perhaps further with some of these people. She's being attacked by some of them, and so she's she's living what they would call a risky lifestyle. And therefore, the police are like, well, you know, if she's going to do that sort of thing, then it's her own fault if she gets. Yeah. It, it, there was a there's a really famous case in the UK at the moment about. Um, a woman who was murdered and her name wasn't even... The, and I'm sorry, I've forgotten the name even because her name wasn't in the headline of the of the news article, but the person who killed her was. Hmm. And so if a woman sort of... If a woman does has this kind of uh, job, she just gets treated like crap by even the police. I wonder if that's going to come into hmm. it at all. I wonder as well whether now Ryan's back, whether he's going to stick his... Nebin, the story, considering how close he was getting to Lauren last year. Is he going to be on the case? Is he going to is he going to rope Daisy in as well? Is he going to be a suspect? Ryan? Yeah. He was in Glasgow. So he says. Where's Crystal? Is she dead? Right. Um, me, 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 me. Fizz, Fizz, she's coming back. Evelyn and Cassie are tied I, I was like, up. I haven't seen them for a while, um, Evelyn and Cassie. And... Uh, and we get an old, oh, you've put the wrong fuel in the wrong car storyline. Which, on. as well, Adam did once. Do you remember his flashy yellow car he put the wrong petrol in? If you put the wrong car in the wrong... I mean, put If petrol, you put the wrong petrol in the wrong car... <coughs> Sorry, oh, does you. that make it the right... Every time I put petrol in at the moment, I get worried. You know they change the petrol? Gemma never puts the petrol in. I don't have in, a car. But there's E10 petrol now. And it's What's like... that? It's just the new type. What's that do? I don't know, but it's there's a there's it's the I always worry that I'm putting the wrong oh one in. Oh my god! Does anyone else get that? I'm just used to the anyway. No, that's not interesting at all. Um, Cassie Cassie gets in trouble at work because she put the wrong fuel in Tyrone's car, and Is then Kevin takes the rap for it because he doesn't want the massive brouhaha when Fizz gets back and Evelyn and Cassie fighting. And then at the end of the episode, they're all in the pub together and Cassie's like, hey, viewers, do you remember a couple of months back when I was fawning over Kevin? I still fancy him. And isn't Abby a massive waste of space? And yeah, basically, we're just renewing this story. That's what happened really, isn't it? Yeah. I thought... I wanted to... I kind I of was, what? So I was just devastated there were no fish fingers in any of this. Mm-hmm. What? Well, where, what were they eating? What did they have for dinner? Normally, you would get to know what they have for dinner in Tyrone's they house. They probably have. It's normally beans. Had haute cuisine since this has been away. Beans, fish fingers, and chips. I am very thrilled at the prospect of Fizz coming back. Don't you be teasing me, Coronation Street. You get her back in there next week because Fizz has been away for far too long. I'd like to. I'm interested to find out what her reasoning is for not going back to Bolton. No, was it Bolton? No. Norwich, just... Nor- Norway. No, Norwich, yes, Norwich, does no, it? Norfolk. North, one of them, one of them. <laughs> Where did she go? Uh, uh, it yeah, was Norfolk. Down south somewhere. Um, I, it was I... on the bump. Have they, been on, have they been on holiday in Italy for like, what's it been, four weeks, five weeks? I guess she'll just say, oh, I'd love being with Tyrone so much, I've decided to 
Jack in my job at Norfolk or Norwich or wherever it is, but I don't care because I think Fizz is fantastic and I'm looking forward to getting getting back to her. And I cannot wait to see what she makes of Cassie. And I know, can you believe is she gonna that be they on haven't the, met? Yeah, is she going to be on the case with Cassie going after Kevin? I still think that's a bit of an iffy story. I think there's a lot going on that's a bit iffy at the moment, but it'll be on the up again. That was this week in Coronation Street. Gemma? Yes. How would you rate this week's Coronation Street? <laughs> I don't even know now. I don't even know. I think what did I, I give know. it? I gave it bobbins today. You, you've gone bang into bang bog standard to bobbins, oh. although I forgot to change the the, the, tit- the the card at the end it's of like Wednesday's three. short, so you gave it the wrong thing. Oh, I didn't, I'm I didn't three. do anything wrong. I'm giving it, um, I'm giving it three. <laughs> uh, oh, I've got so many to choose from that I've written I, down. Go I on, go you do it first. Three to kill a mockingbird themed weddings, which I thought was the worst <laughs> idea ever. Like, what? Let's do a wedding with institutional racism. I know. <laughs> we black and white as well, couldn't we? Um, nice. I'm going to give it. Um, Three bits of glitter in Glenda's crevice out of five. <laughs> I've got so many here that I could, I, I could have gone for I'm going to give it three ploughed furrows. Well, don't give it away for the Facebook group. Let no, them they, have a few. Oh, okay, okay, fine. But if there was a, a yeah. Well, make say what you like about this week's Cory. It did inspire me with lots of um, things that I could have scored the week out. There were some funny bits and bobs. I that know, right. I know. Um, so last week I was spoiled for choice for characters of the week. And and this week, everyone's been a bit silly. Like my 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 dear dear Jennifer Connor was being a bit bit. Um, Mardy. No, she was just being a bit. Yeah, be a bit Mardy with Daisy and a little bit. She high and mighty. She Daisy did help her to get this pub. Um, but I still love her. Um, and Daisy Daisy Bethany Daniel no Tommy Tracy no. Tim, I quite enjoyed this week. To be mm-hmm. fair, um, Dee Dee's always a solid Dee Dee's bet. Dee a solid bet. She's yeah. she's great, but she's a good girl. Um, yeah. Emily, no liar, weirdo. There's there's, mm, there's nobody that's making <laughs> me say yes, absolutely them. Uh, Lauren's not there, so that's a bonus for her. Maybe it's Lauren. No, that's really mean. I don't mean that. Um, I'm, Ken for kicking. Tracy out. Yeah. Sally for telling everyone to get out Rita of the house. Rita for Having... being 92. Yeah. Uh, um, I think. Sean. Sean. He, but Sean wasn't as good this week as he's been in previous weeks. He didn't have a good old shout this week, did he? Mm. Um, Mason. I think, honestly, I, I'm not going to go Sal. I think we did Sal last week, didn't we? Because she was Sal? Genu- Sally. Sally. Sally Webster Metcalf. Sally Webster um, Metcalf. This week she was fine. I I honestly think it might be Tim for me this week. I've no. I've, I've well, enjoyed, I enjoyed him standing up to Tommy. I think that he has genuinely still been funny, even though the whole story is still edging a little bit close to the comedic when it shouldn't be. Um, he stood up for his mate. He's supporting Steve. He's been a good, yeah, good good mate. I'm gonna give it to Tim. Tim's oh, my character of the week this week. You've done this to me because I can't steal that idea, can I? You can. You can no, have God, Tim. I'm giving Tim down to me. You can if you think you deserved it. You choose who you want then. Uh, Dee Dee. Fine. I like Dee Dee. Yeah, I like Dee Dee. I think she's. I think she's great. I'm. I'm. I. I'm Don't still waiting. Joel or Emily. I'm still waiting for the one thing that's gonna catapult Dee Dee into the stratosphere of excellence. But yeah, I think that she's she is a, a good, wing, solid character. But she isn't like 
oh my gosh, she's the best character. I, I'm really pleased that, yeah. that everybody's loving her. I think that Shanique's You're wonderful. Right. She just needs something to make her go, yes, she needs now a- you've en- entered modern legend status. She needs an acid attack. Yeah, she does. She needs. She needs to front a big, big A story. That's all she it needs, needs to be. Needs to fall be. down a sinkhole. <laughs> what would you like her to do? In the past five years of Corey, what would be the best thing that she could do? Um, have a surrogate baby and steal it, no. or give birth on a road without knowing she was pregnant. Maybe she just needs to take on Abby's hero mantle occasionally. Yeah, p- single-handedly hold up the factory roof. During a fire. What I don't want to happen to Dee do Dee. A mo- do a monologue during during a court case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I don't want to happen to Dee Dee is to have horrible tragedy happen to her. And oh, she cries. Be, yeah, crying. Yeah. Don't need that. Don't like need Emily, weeks and weeks of crying Dee Dee. Emily turns out to be her long lost. She just needs to have genuine fun. <laughs> if she's a... I, I don't mean it, but if she's a good time girl. If, she's, if, if she just is, you know... <laughs> She's having a laugh. If she has a, a, a no cares in the world, having a laugh, genuinely funny, getting some mates together. Yeah. Adds a bit of Stop having light and sadness. heartedness. Be a bit of a Kelly Crabtree about it for once. Yeah, then that, then maybe that's Have a bit, be a bit of a factory girl, but with a brain. Right. Um, okay, we're done for Street Talk this week. There is news, there is feedback. We're not done yet for the podcast, but I'm going to go. more. I need to make a cup of tea. So while I do that, you what just listen to a little bit of music. Oh. Hello everyone, cabin time. First bit of news. Rumours, rumours. Rumours that may well prove to be true in just a few days. Yes, that's right. Colson Smith, who plays Craig, is rumoured to be in Celebrity Big Brother. Now, I'll show this to you. Mm? I broke this news to you. You did, you told me you let me know about this one. Um, um, the Sun, apparently, is really good at guessing... Who's going to be in it? <laughs> Celebrity Big Brother is starting this coming Monday, and as far as I can tell, pretty much the whole cast list has been leaked online, hasn't it? Most of which I haven't heard of because I don't know celebrities anymore. I don't think they're called but, cast. Well, they're camp mates. No, housemates. 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 And uh, yeah, Colson Smith is supposed to be up there as possibly one of the most famous. Um, but maybe that's just for me. I, I'm. I, I'm tend to believe that this rumour is 100% true. What, where are you yeah, on the too. on the scale of absolutely going to happen? Uh, you could blow me down with a feather if it's If Colson Smith is not stepping into that house on Monday. Well, according to the source that spoke to The Sun, Big Brother producers have been in talks with Colson for months and it looks like a done deal. They're thrilled he's keen to enter the nation's most famous house because he's a big name already, loved by millions of viewers, and they were hell-bent on securing someone from Corrie as it's a great cross-promotion for ITV. I mean, this no, is I one of the biggest... I, yeah, I mean... I think they always try to get somebody from Corrie in there. Well, this is only this is the first year that um, Big Brother has been on oh, sorry, ITV, no, no. hasn't it? I keep thinking it's I'm a celebrity. No, 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 no. See, ITV has got celebrity. I'm a celebrity. It's got Dancing on Ice. It's got Masked Singer. It's got this. Um, so yeah, I, I think that this Who would be a brilliant promotional Big move. Big the only one that makes sense. Presuming he goes down well, which I think he will, yeah, because he from seems like a nice guy. He, yeah, Colson comes across as such a nice guy, and I will <laughs> always 
remember those Corey good newses that he did during yeah. lockdown, which were absolutely brilliant. Love for love looking forward to those every week. Um, we've we've only ever spoken to him very briefly, um, and he he just seems like a really nice chap. And he can regale everybody with what's his favourite movie. He's he can yeah he he knows he knows his film stuff now, doesn't he? Now he just comes across as a really likable guy. Uh, he's obviously been in the news a, a, a bit over the last few years because of his weight loss journey. I think he'd be a really he's would be a really inspiring person to put in that I think that the viewers would really get behind him I think he'd be very you know, popular very popular I think that all the housemates have probably got on with him I, I think that he would be a really really solid well, choice to be going in there jinx him well, I, I'm just saying, I'd, I'd like to think he, he might go all the way. Or, uh, yeah, he. Uh, I got, the source says he's got all the ingredients. Remember when that celeb- used to be the thing? Hmm? When that used to be the thing, what? he's going to go all the way in the oh, big brother house. Do it Disgusting. all the time now, don't they? Apparently he's got all the ingredients of a celebrity B champion, says the source, but they probably say that about anybody that they <laughs> rumour they're going to go in there. Whenever oh. they say, oh, they've been in talks for months, I always think, like, imagine what the talks are like. Like, do you want to be in big brother? Maybe. <laughs> I Colson just seems up for anything at the moment. I know that there are some Corey cast members that would never want to do any of the celebrity reality stuff, but I just get the impression from I'm just gonna make it up because I don't know him at all. I think he probably would like to do it. Um because he's yeah, he's just, you know, he's he's living life, he's grabbing life by the horns at the moment. And um yeah, well best of luck to him if he's going in there. We we never watch the celebrity big brothers, do we? We we usually watch the opening night just to see who's gonna be in it. But we didn't it even feels... watch it when Julie Goodyear was in it. No, no, we didn't. We didn't watch Julie Goodyear, we didn't Who watch Ken Morley, we didn't um, watch Ryan Thomas, of course, he was in the last celebrity mm, big brother. Who is the one uh that got in trouble? When it was all the female house and the male house. I don't remember. Don't know. Um, but we, we maybe will watch on Monday night just to uh, just to see. Oh, because we got our friend Rachel coming around on Monday night, and we? we'll we'll make her watch yeah. it. Um, but anyway, best of luck, Colson. And and I think. When's it on? Hmm? When's it on? Probably straight after Corey, I mm. imagine. Um, so I I just I think the other thing we don't, I'm not making you watch the whole series don't worry but we will be <laughs> we really reporting cannot, on it absolutely of cannot watch the whole thing I'm sorry we just we cannot. have not got the time but um, we will be no doubt hearing all about Colson's adventures through our news hound Rebecca so thank you in advance yeah now, the other thing that people are saying that makes this almost certain to be true <laughs> is that very coincidentally the um, latest or the first I guess season of the on the sofa podcast which is starring. Colson Smith, Jack P. Shefford and ben, um, Price. ben Price, thank you, um, has just finished with this week's episode. Have and they? so he is free That's to go and do Big Brother as he pleases. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, best of luck, Colson. We're gunning for you. Um, no, that's not right. I, I, I always use that word wrong. Now, speaking of Corrie people on podcasts, I believe if you're listening to this, you may be interested in the, the crossover of the two. But Adam Hussein is starting a podcast with um, two actors from Doctors. Ben Stevenson Langley and Matthew Kahn are going to be joining Adam in their own TV and film related podcast called 
going for a take. And this is a, not exactly a rip-off of the Sofa Cinema Why Club. Why did you say that? The people are going to draw comparisons, and I'm just saying it is not the same thing. Because this is, yes, it's going to be them talking about films, but whereas Sofa Cinema Club is talking about old films, this is going to be about what's going on in the cinema at the moment. So it's going to be bi-weekly. Um, they're going to be talking... Hang with, on. By, uh, by that, you mean what? I don't know. I was hoping, I was hoping to skip right <laughs> over that. I'm imagining it's going to be fortnight. It should be... But it might be twice a week. In this country, we are very, very... What's the word? Lucky to have the word fortnightly instead of bi-weekly to mean once every two weeks. Bi-weekly, really, in this country, should mean twice a week. Are we a bi-weekly podcast? Yes. Okay. Do you not think so? In one so? sense of the in word. In the presence of the word, fortnightly, to mean every two weeks, when there is another word that could mean every two weeks or twice a week, it's you mean would twice hope a week. Yeah. that the bi-weekly would take the... It's not like bi-week... It's not like fortnightly could be, oh, I don't know if you mean twice a week no. or every two weeks. We know what fortnightly means. <laughs> well, I guess we don't have to wait long to find out because the first episode of Going For A Take is available now. You can get it on Spotify and you can get it on YouTube and you can get it all over the place. Um, but yeah, they're going to talk... They're going to be chatting about films that come out in the cinema. They're going to have guests. They're going to be talking about people in front of and behind the camera. They're going to be... Um, it's, yeah, it's, it sounds it sounds good if you're into that sort of thing. Now, I am not a big film person. Um, I, I, I they're, they're doing episode one based on a film, The Iron Claw. Is that, is that what's out in the cinema? I've got no idea. I, I will absolutely listen to an episode of this once they talk about a film that I have heard of and maybe even seen. So, I don't know. What's next for us in the cinema? The new Ghostbusters, maybe? You're going to go and see that? That's how it is, isn't it? I June. June? Yeah, June action. <laughs> Dune, Dune, Dune. How do I do, how we'll just say, say June? It's fine. We say June, June with a just sound Dune. in this country. Dune. No, I, no, I want to go and see the new Ghostbusters, which is called Ghostbusters. Burr, it's go cold. F- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> What? I can't, <laughs> I can't believe you just... I didn't say anything. I don't understand what happened. Um, anyway, so... Um, I don't yeah. get to go to good, cinema. Good luck, no, Adam Hussain and co. with your with new endeavour. I want to start a podcast so I can go to the cinema. <laughs> um, right. Sorry, I just don't understand films. I just don't get them. I know. In general. I know, I've been there. Um, I've been trying to understand them. Still on the... Actually, we're changing... We're back to the subject of... Um, oh, come on, look. Celebrity look, things. Ryan Thomas is still in Dancing on Ice. He's got one eight and a half and three nines. Good on you. Second from bottom, though. Who knows? He's going to get through. Yeah, but he did he it in his pants last week, didn't he? I showed you a picture. He had a pair of gold spangly Bye, shorts wham. on. And surprise, unsurprisingly, he managed to get through with Good that. Good job. Also, what? Celebration on Coronation Street. Sorry, why are you rushing this? This is very serious. It's news Maggie time. Sullivan. There is a new Coronation Street book. It is out right today. No, yesterday it came out. February the 29th. This is the book that was supposed to come out a year ago. So I, I don't know what's caused the delay here. But if you want to know what went on in Coronation Street in 1953. With the Grimshaws. With, no, not the Grimshaws. Well, no, yes. there is a Grimshaw. Josie Grimshaw, it says. I can read. Uh, yeah, it's, can most, you... it's mostly about Elsie Lappin, who was the one that was in charge of the corner shop when... Um, when Florrie takes over in the first episode. Who knows um, what she got up to. But, you know, Maggie Josie Sullivan starts does. to help Elsie out at the corner shop. Annie Walker's distracted by her tearaway son, Billy. Street swoons over the beautiful young queen. So, 
Weirdly. That's actually the, the actual queen. The actual queen. Yes, yeah, this book is dedicated to the queen. I haven't read any of this yet. It just came through in the post today. But I did have a look and I saw that there is a dedication to her match at the beginning. Um, well, yeah, because when, when um, Maggie Sullivan was writing this, everyone was all full of platinum jubilee fever. And then she was reading it and then the queen died. So um, anyway. What, the queen died reading this book? No. She didn't get a sneak preview. Why She's, not? I suppose she should. If I was the queen or the king, I would demand... Why would you be the king? Well, the monarch, the reigning monarch. (laughs) Oh, okay. I would demand first dibs on any book that's dedicated to me. I've got to read it first. But it wasn't. Only, it was only dedicated to her because she died. It wasn't dedicated to her before you she popped You make it sound like clogs. that was their greatest achievement. <laughs> I know that some people would say that, but that's anyway, just they're very um, charitable. It's not out in hardback. And I'm very, I'm very not happy match. about this. It doesn't, it's not going to fit on my shelf with the other Corrie books. And also the style of the art on the front isn't the same as the Different. other Corrie books. So I'm, You've got to be sensitive to these things when you're writing for nerds. I don't know whether I'm going to be rushing to read this, I'm going to say. I still, I got about, I got about halfway through the last book. Well, I'm not, who narrates it, Michael? Oh yes, it's being narrated by old, old evil fern, isn't it? What was the Gabrielle. character? Gabrielle Glaister, best known for playing Bob on Blackadder, but, but she also, was also in Coronation she Street. was also playing Bernie Winters' evil double a couple of years ago. Other ones, yeah. So um, brilliant. Um, anyway, I'd completely forgotten that that was coming out. So thank you for Rebecca for reminding me. Um, if anybody beats me to reading it, do let us know what it's like. Let's um, know what happens at the end. No, don't spoil the end of it. Yeah, tell me. me. It becomes 1954. They're going to catch up to 1960. And don't forget, later on this year, in November, we've still got the next one of these, which is the Merry Christmas Coronation Street book. There is still no plot summary about that one. Set at Easter, probably. Shut up. Is it Merry Merry Christmas, or is it the way you're saying Merry? Merry, it's Merry. Okay. If you've got a little bit more money to spare... (laughs) you can't. And, like, you know, the £13 for a book is just, like, whatever. No, you can't. What you could have done, but you're too late now, is get yourself on eBay, because thank you very much to listener Chris, who pointed us us in the direction of this one. But you could buy Ina Sharples on eBay up until this afternoon. Waxwork. There's a waxwork of Ina Sharples, a Madame Two Swords, genuine Ina Sharples... Maybe it wasn't. Well, I don't know. It says it is. It's now been removed. It's, no, no, no. It just said bidding ended, but I didn't. I forgot to look this afternoon when we first saw it because you could still bid for it. You said it was. It got ended with no bids. It did end for no bids. Yeah. So what are you? Trying so I'm to saying say that I think that the the time just ran out on it. Oh. Is that how eBay works? So anyway, you can't get Ina Sharples anymore. But there was literally a real. This is the creepiest eBay listing I've ever seen. It was just this wrinkly, haggard. It was a very creepy waxwork model of Ina Sharples, allegedly from Madame, one of the Madame Two Swords. I mean, she's not up at the one at Blackpool, was she? No, Sitting alongside she's Deirdre. And... Lurking in the attic of whoever owns this. You can still account. go to eBay if you want to see this creepy picture and search for Ina Sharples, Madame Two Swords or something. And it. And and the the listing says Read it. Um, the head is in perfect condition, but there is some damage to her ankles and hands. So I don't know whether anyone's been tying her up. It does. Oh my it, God. it is listed as um, 
as used oh on God. eBay. So I Carry don't know. Um, I dressed her in a vintage black ballroom dress, but originally she'd have been wearing a heavy overcoat, I presume. The ankles are made from fiberglass, I think, so should be quite easy to repair. Now, how much would you pay for that, listeners? Now, this wasn't going to get... It ended with no bids today. How much do you reckon that's worth? A genuine, one-of-a-kind, Ina Sharples, Madame full, Tussauds. Full size, life size. Yep, yep. So have her sitting on the sofa with you. Watching Curry Set a with place you. for dinner. You could do so much yeah, for this. Yeah. If only you'd known about this earlier. Yeah. And you had £599 to spare. How much was it to deliver? Do you think she just walked No, no, you, you had to pick it up for free. Oh, where from? I, I, I can't remember. Probably up north somewhere, I'm going to say. I don't think I need to worry about it. Um, <laughs> I've got some theories. <laughs> what, what? As to why it's been removed. What? Number one, it was actually the embalmed corpse of Violet Carson. Yeah, could be. Number two, it's actually a haunted doll that that's got up and is walking around somewhere in Manchester, mm-hmm. trying to find her way back to the the set which has now been demolished. Yeah. Um, number three, perhaps it's um, it was stolen from somebody. Stolen. Maybe that maybe the doll owns the account itself. And realises that it cannot sell itself and also operate an eBay account. What yeah, because if you sell your own body on eBay, that's I think probably it's illegal, goes isn't it? Do you remember when surface, people were selling it? their virginity on eBay? Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, anyway, this, this is just theories. bizarre. What do you think? This is bizarre. I'm kind of glad that it has gone off um, sale now because... Were Not that worried? I've got £599. Patrons could help us. But, you know, if this was still on eBay in a couple of months' time, we might be, you know, maybe. We, <laughs> I said earlier to Gemma that we should buy it and then have that as our Patreon gift for the year so everyone who's a £10 member gets just a little snip, like a finger yeah, we'll or a big toe or a, or, or, or a nose. Or, you know, if you're really lucky, the scowl of Ina Sharples we'll we make would her send into you in candles. the post. But sadly, it is not possible anymore. Um, There's been far too long spent on this news item. But honestly, go on eBay. Just have a look. Just have a look. It's probably even more terrifyingly hideous than you might be imagining from this description. It's I'm a bizarre sad thing. that we didn't get to buy it. Yeah. We could have clubbed together, couldn't we? What would we have done with it? I think you buy it and then worry later. Yeah. yeah. It's an investment, isn't it? Well, yeah, because... Probably going to be worth £699 in a couple of years. Probably, yeah. Mm. I mean, she can only get more famous, can't she, in the Sharples? Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, and this is not Coronation Street news, but it's probably worth discussing here. Well, hang on. This is a bit of a double whammy. Go on. Because you, you... you didn't write this down, but mm. today was the last day of filming for Doctors. Oh, was it? It was. I did not know this. Yes. Yeah. So oh, is this why, this why they're all getting on podcasts with Adam Hussein? I'm not going to say that that's uh, why, but Doctors have stopped filming, so there will be no oh. more episodes after this year but who... of the BBC drama oh. about Doctors. And also, the news came out today, oh, this week, mm. that Hollyoaks is going to change from being five days a week to three days a week. Things are just gradually disappearing off of Hollyoaks, aren't they? They went off Channel 4. They're on, was it E4 they're on now? Yeah, they went at digital only. And they're going to make a third of the staff redundant, which is the worst part, really. That really is. I mean, lots of people have looked at this episode reduction and gone, good, this is what we're saying should be going on we with all the soaps. We want stories. We want more focus. We want, But you can't have... <laughs> that focus and tighter stories if you fire 
the I mean, people say, "Oh, it's is it cast be the and crew." Yeah. I've read. Is it the actors or is it the crew? As though, as though, if it were only the crew, it would be good. No, because the crew are the ones that make the show. I mean, the actors are great, but you need both. Mm. Don't don't fall into the trap of thinking that a show is only as good as the the cast because the, I'm going to tell you that it's probably easier to get rid of the cast to be honest because everyone on the crew has got more. an important job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I. I they're, they're spinning it very positively. They're saying, and, and this is quite interesting to me, you know, research suggests that the younger audiences, who are indeed the people who watch Hollyoaks on the whole, are more inclined to watch an average of three episodes a week due to other forms of content competing for their attention. Um, which, yeah, yeah, newsflash, young people have got not as good attention spans anymore. Um, it's smirching their good name. I... I I think this could this could possibly be positive for Hollyoaks, apart from the whole they're slashing a load of people on the cast and crew. Well, like, loads of people are saying feels like the writing's on the wall. But if it yes, does lead to exactly. tighter storylines, great, well done, Hollyoaks. Maybe some of the other soaps might sit up and take notice. I don't know. I don't mean, know. yeah, I, I don't, everyone's saying oh, it's the end of Hollyoaks. It won't last the year. I hope that's not true. I know that some people might think, oh, it's good if there's less competition for for the other soaps, but that's not that's not true. I don't think that people who watch Hollyoaks are necessarily going to go, oh, if Hollyoaks is finished, I'm going to watch Corrie, I'm going to watch EastEnders. No, not at all. The more soaps there are, the more the genre as a whole is taken seriously, which it isn't even anyway, even with the soaps that exist now. So to have Doctor's End and then Hollyoaks be cut, you know... A third of the staff going that's bad yeah it's it's leaving really you've got emma daly stenders and corrie left and people I mean, have been saying the writings on the wall for soap in general I, I, and i still i'm seeing people saying by 2030 i don't think there's going to be any soaps left and i refuse silly. to believe that come back and play me this clip in in six years time if it's true but um it, it is sad the way things are going with it I think people need to take soaps more seriously. I think that soaps... I don't know. I don't know if I feel like they're an endangered species. I wish that somebody would start a new one. Please. I mean, Neighbours came back, didn't it? Mm. Neighbours still exists. I don't know about America. I don't I don't think you really should count American soaps as anything to do with, with it because they're very, very different. I feel like Neighbours is, is more similar to a British soap. People's tastes are changing. People are more interested in streaming. People are invested in big high drama box sets. Yeah, they're not competing with I... the same sort of thing. Also, don't forget, I know that th- things have gone online more, etc., etc., but it was it's only really been up in the last, what, 20 years that TV's even been taken seriously as an entertainment form. Like with Lost and like Desperate Housewives, that was like the beginning of yeah. big budget, big names. We're making this uh, something like a you know a night you've got to sit in and watch this. This is important and and you're going to have a good time. Before that, films were the, were the most important thing. And with the shift as well during COVID, nobody went to the cinema. TV's becoming more important and streaming's becoming more important. And and soaps have got to figure out how they're going to ride this wave and evolve yeah. and not just stay as they are. And if that means, you know, they do cut the episodes, go bigger budget, but fewer episodes a week. They're they... not going bigger, bigger budget. No, but they, they might decide 
to redistribute their budgets in other ways and say, well, let's maybe it does Coronation Street become a, a once a week program and it's but it's but it's, it's bigger never been I, a once a week program no no i know i know but i well we're not saying anything about cory are we we're no about no we're not but it's still you know the, the state of soap in general and and i think that if if any of the current soaps stay the way that they are and steadfastly refuse to evolve and and ride that wave like i was saying um you know maybe in 20 30 40 years they won't still be here anymore I mean, you can't deny that that Corey makes money for ITV. Yeah, for the time being. I don't know about Emmerdale. Must do. EastEnders clearly doesn't, because that's not what the BBC is about. But as long as they make money, they're going to be around. As long as they make more money than they cost. I it, yeah, but I just think that as the years go by, that that money won't. They won't be making the money in the same way. I don't you know. Don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see, won't we? I tell you what doesn't help: putting the bloody football on and changing the mm. schedule and moving Coronation Street around and getting rid of episodes and putting episodes on. And now for the week starts on a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> what well, are you doing? That can't help, can it? And listen, listen, listen. Are you listening? Listen, ITV. Listen, right. It might be tempting, this big Olympics, you know, summer, ooh, Olympics. Oh, ooh, it's in France this year. Wow, wow. Oh, we might win a medal. No, don't put it on the telly. I don't want to hear it. Coronation Street's more important. If there's some kind of <laughs> yeah. gold event, like some kind of running event or something we're good at, I don't, just put Coronation Street on, get Leanne running down there, give her a medal. We had it with Norris, why can't we have it on Corrie? <laughs> Make it Olympic themed and put it on instead of the Olympics. I, I but... People are saying, I've seen lots of people, so many people, because the internet, you know, lots of people that are younger than us, are saying what? Coronation Street needs to stick to its original schedule, but put it on ITVX on that time, and then just put on Cor- hey. on the main TV whenever. It, it's not, it won't get the same advertising. It's, it's sorry, it's not going to... I, 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 they, if they, I think if Corrie were going to do that, they would have done it by now. They must have some solid, serious reasons about why they don't put it on well, ITV X first because Emmerdale, sorry, EastEnders are doing it, Hollyoaks are doing it. I've seen so it's driving me nuts. I've seen so many people saying put it on ITV X. They've done it before. If it was made more money, they would do it that way. Yeah. So it clearly doesn't. So let's just. Stop talking about it. Why does not? How come EastEnders is on is on digitally on before what? Because they don't have adverts. Because the BBC doesn't sell adverts. They don't care. The BBC all they need to do is justify how many people watched it. That's really it. People pay their license fee in this country. They have no choice in theory. Some people don't pay it. Whatever. I don't care about that. But everybody has to pay for EastEnders whether they watch it or not. And the BBC has to say. You know, oh, well, no, it's a good job that we do have EastEnders because five billion people watched it on Christmas Day. So there you go. <laughs> That's justified, isn't it? It doesn't work that way for Coronation Street and ITV. They have to sell their adverts and broadcast adverts still, I think, get more money. You can tell that by looking at the calibre of the adverts and who decides to advertise on what format. People don't, there's not as many and diverse adverts on digital as there is on broadcast. I don't think it gets as much money as digital. So until a first broadcast on on digital gets the same or more as a first broadcast on telly, 
then they're not going to do it. But I think that will, that is going to happen. That's going to happen. And I'm happy to resist as long as possible. If you're wondering why anything ever happens, it's because of money. Why do they do this? It's because it's for money. Mm. They either cost less or they get more money for doing it. Mm. It's not, it's not, it's not a secret. Yeah. Surely. It makes sense. Good. I, I sincerely hope that Hollyoaks can get through this. I hope that cutting works. I hope they're able to sort out their staffing problems. Well, I'm sorry problems. for everybody that's lost their I job. I feel so yeah, sorry for all these redundancies. 135 redundancies, apparently. Um, I, I don't like to awful. see hope. I don't like to see soaps disappearing. It was we we never watched Neighbours, but it was gutting when that ended. And I was, it was fantastic that they were able to bring it back. Um, so hold on in there over in over in Hollyoaks land. Even and, if, uh, even though the soaps are all rivals, I there's a kinship between all of them, and all the Hollyoaks fans and the Hollyoaks cast and crew. I just, I want the best for everybody, and I hate the fact that there are redundancies in in any creative industry because they very rarely those jobs will very rarely ever come back, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to make money from being creative. Right, um, that's that for the news. That was Certainly quite a good news week this week, wasn't it? Load of news <laughs> this week. Shall we actually do a bit of feedback? Yeah. Right, time for feedback, Gemma. Facebook poll. Now, this doesn't happen very often. The average score was a whole number. Average score, five. Four, four. Four? Four out of five four. for last week's coronet, which I think is what we gave it. It all averaged then out and it was exactly four. Who is correct? Yeah, it is correct. They were right. Caitlin gave it four Wallace and Gromit plat jokes out of five. Amy, five runs to the East Midlands Airport out of five. And Jack gave it four <laughs> pints of Nun's Temptation out of five. I Thank you, like everybody that. who voted and emailed this week, including lovely Sophie, who says, I had some thoughts on the two episodes last week. More than I usually do. Mason's parents should definitely be shown on screen soon. Aidan Critchley's father, Bob, was a good bully's father type character, so I wouldn't mind seeing another similar one. Yeah, that's up. Yeah, Aidan Critchley. I think maybe that's what made me think of Mason, because I know that we had Aidan's dad. Um, I, d- I don't know whether we're going to now, especially if I think that the story's got limited time left, but you never know. Do you think also know. the problem would be, because I was saying, you know, where it's got to start somewhere is is he being abused at home yeah etc but is that stigmatizing the parents of bullies maybe because it's not always their fault is it my only issue with the bullying story says sophie is liam's uncle kirk having no involvement at all (laughs) i would say that might be a plus of the bullying storyline but you know different things for different people the only uh the other story i enjoyed says sophie was lauren's disappearance which, I got a theory, is that it was somebody from the far right group after she recently got in contact for Bethany. Oh, yeah, that's a Could, good point. Yeah, yeah, mate. I just, mm. but if it is, then it's going to be somebody that we don't know or somebody that was so low key, like a, you know, a background oh, racist. Yeah, um, I, 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 I hope it's not. I hope it's not. Because it's, it feels like it's going to be another long period of time now before we find out who it is. I don't think it's going to be, you know, revealed next week. Oh, here it is. He's going to get arrested. Oh, she was just in the cupboard. You know, she's... This This, this is what makes R. Kelly better than Lauren because she got kidnapped, remember? She yeah. got locked in a locked in a dungeon somewhere and she she was out. She was yeah. phoning Gary and getting rescued by the end of the episode. She's, she's like, like, no, I don't want to do that. Let me out. I've got to be in Doctor Who. We are, we are just assuming that she has been um, 
taken by somebody at the moment who's their mystery man. And as far as we know, she might have just been gone wandering off somewhere. She could be in the cupboard. I don't think that she's not. Um, Sophie says she wouldn't want it to be that. No. Oh, well, we will have to wait for a little while longer to see Sophie. Rebecca's email next, Gemma. Rebecca says, Love the scene in Dr. Gallus's office with Maria and Liam. Samia and Charlie did a fantastic job. Mason is a scrote. He deserved Gary roughing, roughing him up. Also loved Anthony Cotton in the Sean and Dylan scene. He was great this week. Joel definitely has secrets, but I don't know if he's Lauren's mystery man, although the receipt isn't good evidence <laughs> for him. Um, I don't believe it's for a charm bracelet for his daughter. No, I don't think anyone's buying that, are they? No. I also completely forgot about Lauren getting a necklace. So glad Dee Dee didn't take him back, but I think she will eventually. Sally in Wednesday's episode loved her, especially the bit where Tommy, thinking Sally was trying to seduce him. Also, at the end, Tommy Flaming Orpington was almost as good as Rooney versus Vardy. What's that a reference to? It's um, it's the footballer's wives thing, and the what's it called? I don't know what you're talking Isn't about. It? The um. What's it called? Oh my God! What's the name of that? Um, Wagatha Christie. Oh yes. Uh, she mm. says I can lean forward now. I couldn't bloody read it. It's too small, and I couldn't lean forward because the cat was on Let my me lap. Zoom in for you. Right, Rebecca says, "No way will Sally or Tim keep it a secret." Correct. Roy's definitely going to be a suspect. That's all I. That's all I hope he is a suspect. Well, of course, Roy's not really stole Lauren away, has he? Also, because for one reason, that means they'd have to show Lauren's flat. Oh, sorry, Roy's flat, and they've yeah. uh, made it clear that they don't want to unpack that at the It'd moment. It'd be quite difficult to keep a woman hostage above a cafe. Yeah, I'm sure it's been done before. I know there's a lot of soft furnishings up in Roy's cafe, though. Maybe she just does bang on the floor, and it just maybe gets he just puts on some really stirring classical music. <laughs> also, she says Daisy's getting a bit too confident, wanting to run the Rovers, and I hope she doesn't bring attention to herself. Too low. Character of the week is Sean with Sally at a very close second. I'll give this week four times Tim asked for Newton and Ridley's, which Daisy does not serve anymore. And this is what Joe told me at the Star Tour at five. Oh, yes. Rebecca messaged Justin and said that when she went to the Star Tour earlier this year, and or late, late last year, sorry, and she saw Joe Jatine, um, she mentioned, I think, she said she was wearing a Newton and Ridley jumper, I mm-hmm. think. And, and Joe said, oh, I had a line about that recently, so... Did she? That's the, that the end of Rebecca's spoilers. Did that Rebecca she tell him that Tim was an abomination before the eyes of the Lord? I don't know. We'll just have to check that out just, with her later. Just let me know. Hadley has emailed us to say, in answer to your question, in the US, if someone's coming to fix something in your apartment, there you go, Gemma, you like mm-hmm. this sort of stuff, I'd offer them something to drink, water usually, not Bud Light, <laughs> some of every, anything you happen to have when they're there. Or, or, sorry, or some of anything you happen to have when they're there. Nothing particular, though. Moving help, however, it's always pizza. Or you just oh, yeah. don't get anything. Yeah, maybe. Um, you go around someone's house to help them and they just don't give you anything. There's something that's coming up Not here that might I, have to turn into a, a proper listener question episode, but I don't know whether you've got any initial thoughts. Visiting Never. my parents in Salem and officially introduced them to Corrie tonight. Oh, well done. Sat and watched an episode with them. Asked this before, sorry, but so curious what you'd pick as an ideal episode to start with to get someone hooked on Corrie. Yep. I can't decide now, it's too late, but we will we will answer this one at some point. Stipulations are. Right, can't be too far back or they'd have so much to catch up on it. It might feel overwhelming. So in the last three months, maybe, 
Two, obviously needs to have some good storylines with stuff happening, but if it's well into the storyline, it might be too confusing. But beginnings of storylines can be a bit slow to develop for one episode. Oh um, an episode that's showy, not an overly telly one. <clears throat> Steve and the Tracy marital troubles, because that's defo not Corey at its best. Lots of bouncing around between storylines introduces you to lots of people, but at first might not. Might, sorry, might be too much at once and. Not an episode with Gemma eating with her mouth open. <laughs> Would love to know what you were to pick. I mean, uh, right? Well, straight straight it away. It I'm by just saying three months. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is this is past three months, but it's like the, the bath, Paul and Billy's bath scene. That's that was mm. the last absolute proper bona fide. There have been episodes that we've rated banging since then, but that was the last time we finished an episode. And we're like, God, oh, that was great. How that much, was amazing. Yeah, how much does that rely on you? really caring about the characters i don't know that's a good question i don't well I, yeah i don't think there's any episode that you can just get without knowing about the characters at all i mean if you're gonna say there's no like oh it's got to be in the last three months that the obvious one would be the tram crash episode i mean you say it can't be too far back or catching up would be overwhelming i would say it can't be too far back otherwise they'll be like well why aren't all these cool characters in it anymore <laughs> i think that i don't know whether three months because it mm, I mean, anything even if you would... showed them something ten years ago, there's going to be a lot of catch up. If you show something three months ago, there's going to be a lot of catch up. Yeah, it depends on how granular you go, doesn't it? Um, I think anything with Paul and Billy really is a, is a winner. Yeah, maybe like you know, this is in the last three months. The old uh, camper van chip away episode no, with Bernie and one. Gemma. No, I was not, that, not one. that one. Too dark. Uh, no, no, I just don't. Too dark. Suppose, no, mm. it wasn't dark, was it? I mean, yes, it wasn't at night. I'd but... want. I'd want something that had a some kind of mixture of genuinely funny comedy and high drama, I guess. I'm going to say that Paul and Billy are a good pick because they've been consistent. Mm. They, It's a simple concept to understand. You, you, you can almost immediately glean from what's going on, what the situation is. It's not complicated. It's not like, oh, he had an affair with her, but they were going out before he met that one who's now hiding behind the, the counter and they're not, they don't know that she can hear him and he went to prison for killing her mum, but she doesn't know that he's actually her brother and that guy over there is Adam. <laughs> he's still, that story has been very quiet recently. I hope it's back into the rotation soon. And, and Bernie coming back from prison is still... Baffling. Yeah, it's still not really paid off. No, I know. Lots of things don't pay off. <laughs> Finally, Gemma, we have got Nancy's Nancy email. Says, of course. Sean's brilliant response to finding out Dylan's involvement in bullying Liam was brilliant. His apology to Maria. Did I say Sean's brilliant response? You did, yes. I read the line below. <laughs> Sean's response to finding out Dylan's involvement in bullying Liam was brilliant. Sorry, Nancy. His apology to Maria, Gary and Dylan was wonderful. I felt bad for Dylan because he is still afraid of Mason. Will he tell Sean about the knife and about Eliza? I forgot that Dylan still knows that about Eliza. It's not the it's not the best <laughs> evidence to have, but the Eliza. fact that that Mason mowed her down six odd months ago, maybe that is going to be, you know, a maybe crucial bit of evidence. Into... And, and the knife, and the knife um, that hasn't been mentioned. No, that might come. Man- you it's know, where's be. Stu? Where's Eliza? Don't where's say Tom? their names. Don't say say, say their, their names. names three times in front of a mirror and yeah. you might have to watch a whole week of them. <laughs> she says, I loved the dialogue Sally had with Tim and Tommy. The double entendres and innuendos were hilarious. I cannot wait to see how Tracy will deal with getting caught. I loved when Sally told Tim, it's Tommy Flaming Orpington. 
Right, cliffhanger. Everyone loved that line, didn't they? Yeah. I gave this week's episode four pints of Nun's Tears beer. It's, that's not what it's called, Nancy. Steve hates out of five. Just character of the week is Sean. Well, there we go. Well, maybe Nun's Tears is what Nancy drinks. You don't know, do you? Maybe Maybe she is. literally drinks Nun's Tears, which is <laughs> a bit mean. Uh, right, okay. We are done for the night. Um, thank you everybody for listening um, do write in let us know your thoughts about any of the stories this week anything we thought of were we too mean this week did we moan too much and we gave or is it a three okay? three's three's yeah. a really good score it's, a not, it's not a really good score it is it's above average it's average it's, it's above it's, average it's kind of average isn't it um, it just wasn't it wasn't that brilliant a week but you know maybe next week will be there's still always always, it's always the an chance. episode until there isn't one and exactly. let's think about that yeah. Would you rather have bad Cory or no Cory at all? Mm? Mm. Oh, there's a listener question. Mm. Um, iTunes review us. Come on. Come on. Just do it. It didn't take long. I refuse to believe that everybody that's listening at the moment has, 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 who has the capability of reviewing us on iTunes has done so. Go on. It didn't take too long. It'd be lovely. Um, follow us on Instagram if you haven't done already. We're on X or on Facebook, we're on YouTube. Thank you again to Matt Milburn for coming on the podcast this week. It was lovely speaking to you, sir. And um, I hope Thank that you. this, I hope that, you know, the writing isn't on the wall for Tommy. I hope that we we still do get a bit more of him. I um, read writing on the wall about Tommy in the toilet, so it's shocking. <laughs> oh, we are, uh, you can join our page. Oh, I forgot we had a new patron this week and I forgot to write down who it is. Oh my gosh, Gemma, quick, fill the air while I find out who our new Patreon member was this week. Well, Regale us with an amusing tale. Well, um... Go on. I mean, no dead air. Then we can do a new patron episode. It was Matt Johnson. Thank you very much, Matt, Matt. Thank you very much, Matt. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, Matt. <laughs> for joining our patron. Please join our patron. You're a fine There fella. are so many amazing episodes to listen to, including our bonus episode for February, which is a once-in-a-four-year extravaganza and next month, this month, March, who knows what we'll do? Know. We who know knows what, what we're, we're going to do. do? Not a clue. Um, yes, yeah, so that will do. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, really hope that we'll be able to get our uh, Fred Elliott slash John Savadon tribute out next week. Um, again, I'll put this call out for anyone who would like to send a tribute of their own or just, you know, favourite Fred scenes, anything at all. Let us know. We'll maybe read them out as part of the episode because we want to make it a want to make it a celebration. Celebration because he's a great, great character. We're gonna go now, though. Bye. That's it. Bye. Yes, bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs>